Of course, I am Hank Strange. This is the Who Move My Freedom podcast, broadcasted live on Utreon. Big shout out to Utreon out there um, for helping us to be able to go live and do whatever we want to do, talk about whatever we want to, all that awesome uh, freedom stuff <laughs> that other places like uh, YouTube don't know about. If you're watching this later on YouTube and you're like, how come I can't see this live? You got to go over to Utreon. If you're listening to us on audio and you'd like to join us live, the best place to go is obviously Utreon. All right, make sure you guys also go to hankstrange.com, sign up for our email list there as well. Lots of good things going on over there. Lots of ways to contact us and deals and things like that, ways to support us. Um, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a fun show where this is a, a cool subject. Something I've been interested in, but, you know, haven't, like, dipped my toe into yet. So, everyone buckle up your seatbelts. Big shout-out to Barnoles, makers of uh, steel case ammunition, for supporting the podcast. We appreciate the folks over at Barnoles, as well as the guys at High Point. I'm rocking my High Point, my High Point hat today. I should have, you know what, Lola, I should have brought a High Point with me. All right, let's throw my guests <laughs> onto the screen here, and I'm going to hit the open button and get this show popping. Welcome back to the Hanks. All right, everyone. Situation. Welcome back to the show. Lifestyle smash the subscribe button. Smash the thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified when we're live. There goes the bell right there. Um, also, hit the arrows <laughs> ups. If you're watching, if you're watching us on Utreon, there's an arrow up button right under the title. Hit that. You know, we we need that. We need that to uh, for all the folks out there. Okay, so yes, we are live. So we do this thing called jazz hands here. My guests are all brand new. We got to do jazz hands. We're taking it back from terrorists. Everyone's got to do it. There you go, <laughs> jazz hands. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. Uh, this is episode eight hundred and forty-one of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Tonight's title is Amateur Radio: Everything You Want to Know, and we've got Gigaparts. So we've got Jason and Steve from Gigaparts. Here they go, right there. Jason and Steve. There they go. Um, and where you guys are in Alabama, right? Yes. Right. So there you go. They're joining us. Uh, Jason is not allowed to talk. That's why he's just nodding. No, he's allowed to talk. He's allowed to talk. We, <laughs> we also have another, uh, another Jason joining us. Ham Radio 2. Point. Look at that equipment. <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> the man, the myth, the yeah, legend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I, le I left my YouTube pillow in the background. I'm sorry about that. No, that's cool. No, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, you know, just put some shots through it. It'll be fine. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So obviously, uh, you know, obviously this guy knows about... Uh, he knows about ham radio and all. So that's what we're going to talk about. Or whatever and or and whatever you guys want to talk to talk to us about. Whatever stuff is going on in the world out there. What's up with everyone? How you guys doing? Let's start there. No, don't want to talk. I'll go ahead and talk first. Man, yeah. we're doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay, very yeah, good. It's like 71 degrees in Alabama. It's, it's, it's doing all right, man. How many degrees? 70 degrees in Alabama 70. right now. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, jeez. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, I'll um, take it. Yeah, do you guys want to tell the folks out there like about Gigaparts? What is Gigaparts? What do you guys do? In a nutshell, Gigaparts is an online retailer with two locations, one in Las Vegas, also one in Huntsville, Alabama, and we are one of the largest premier uh, retailers for amateur radio equipment in the world. 
So we carry pretty much everything anybody would ever want to talk to anybody in the world. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. And and Ham Radio 2.0, um, for the folks who don't know, you have a pretty big YouTube channel when it comes to ham radio stuff. So tell, but you know, I'll let you tell the folks about yourself. Okay, cool. Uh, my name's Jason also. And, uh, what, uh, you have to be like named Jason or Steve or Mike or Don to be a ham radio operator. It seems these days, oh. but, um, <laughs> we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of people with those names in ham radio, but mm-hmm. no, I started ham radio 2.0 as a, as a, as a video series on YouTube about six and a half years ago. Um, just did it out, kind of did it on a whim just because I was wanting to show some people how to do some stuff and it kind of took off and now it's my full-time gig and it's grown beyond what I ever imagined it would be. Um, so pretty much all I do all day long is either make videos or research topics on how to make videos or research radios to make videos about and that kind of thing. But it's all having to do with ham radio. I'm starting to dive out into some, uh, some more off-grid, uh, off-grid communications, solar power, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm getting, uh, and Hank and I met the first time and, and Lola as well at, at the overlanding expo in Virginia last October. Mm-hmm. So trying to, trying to, uh, dive into that world a little bit about overlanding and just kind of get, uh, get my toes wet and some other aspects that are adjacent to ham radio. But ham radio is definitely a passion of mine. I love talking to people about it. So I appreciate the invite tonight, Hank. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I know that, uh, you're always inviting me to your hangout, and I'm never showing up. Yeah. I'm get, I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> my That's pu- all right. Publicly, my apologies. Yeah. You know, I should be punished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just a fun time that we we do that once a month. We and, mm-hmm. and the Jason and Steve from Gigaparts are usually there too. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a um, free for all hangout live stream on on YouTube that says, hey, we're ham radio operators, but this is what happened if we all lived in the same city and we got together and we said, hey, let's go out to a restaurant or a bar tonight and just hang out with one another. It's kind of a live stream version of that. Yeah. So it's just a good time just to talk about whatever. So Yeah, modern, um, we, fun we way for up, people to hang out, right, yeah, nowadays. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I think that, like you were talking about, there's different streams or circles that are crossing. You know, like I'm a mm-hmm. gun guy. I do a lot of gun stuff that's uh, the big... I would say probably the biggest part of what I do is something I'm very passionate about. But I'm also into vehicles, and uh, I'm, I'm a van person. I'm into overlanding. We we met at the Overland Expo. Um, lots of overlanders uh, using radios, right? <laughs> and and yeah, you, yeah, sure. And I saw you guys um, at uh, in Gigaparts booth. I think what made me stop over there was some solar panel stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And then we just started talking, and then it turns out that uh, Jason is like a gun guy, and for some crazy reason, was subscribed to my channel and look at my videos. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of places here where all these things uh, cross over. Um, but you know, one of the one of the things I wanted to get into here first, and if folks have questions about it, feel free to let us know. I would invite everyone that's in the chat to actually let us know. Um, are you into radios already? What radios do you have? What do you think? For I've looked at this for a while, and some of the guys that we do stuff with um, have radios already. So Walter from Safety Harbor Firearms, he's got stuff. Babyface P, other folks out there. Where should someone like myself that's thinking about getting into this, what, what should I be thinking? What should my philosophy be? Where should I start? Well, y'all want to take that or you want me to? 
I was, I was, I know you'll jump right in right after, uh, you know, what I got to say. Amateur radio, you know, you have to have an FCC license. And that's one big thing that not everybody wants to do. So, you know, that, that's the easiest part. You know, J- Jason, you know, with Ham Radio 2.0, you know, he offers a plethora of trainings through his YouTube channel for the technician general and extra licenses yes there's three different licenses they're i'm going to say they're not hard but granted i have past military communications experience so it was easy for me so anything you do you have to get a license like is there a low is there a lower level that you don't have to get a license you're you're required to hold a Mm -hmm. the lowest level technician Mm -hmm. gives you vhf and uhf capabilities with hf Looking over on my wall, I think you get CW and very little on HF, which is high frequency, or as I've explained to a lot of people at shows and conventions, shortwave. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I see I see Jason's nodding the head right there. Did we lose those guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like we lost them. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know how we lost them. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I saw you were nodding your head there. Yeah, we'll get them back here in a second. They just need to dial back in. Yeah, so so that's something I didn't know. Like I thought you could just go get yourself a bowfang or something like that. And you're good to go. Well, you you can if you just want to listen. Oh, I mean, okay. anybody can listen to him. So him. One of the things about ham radio is that it's totally open. There's no scrambling or encryption or 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 masking of of transmissions allowed. So it's it's totally open to the public. Anybody with a scanner can listen to ham radio frequencies, repeaters, and and whatnot. Anyone with anyone can buy a radio and, and listen and receive all they want to. Um, there's a lot of really good um, shortwave and um, multi-banded receive what they call emergency radios, like a solar okay. radio or a crank up radio or something like that on mm-hmm. the market that will receive ham radio frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know that, that's one of the good things to have in like like a three day bug out bag or something like that. Okay. Um, so that you have you have some sort of connection to the outside world so you can monitor what's going on around you or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody can listen as much as they want to, but mm-hmm. yes, you have to have a license to transmit and there's three levels of licenses in the United States right now. And, um, you, uh, and it's, you know, you progress, you have to get the first one before you can get the second one before you can get the third one. Okay. Um, and you, you can, you can test for them all at the same time if you want to, if you're really, I know a couple guys who've done that. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to test for them all at the same time. But I got a lot of videos on my channel that kind of compare ham radio to CB radio, FRS radio, and, and GMRS radio. GMRS seems to be pretty popular amongst the, the overlanding guys right now. And, um, Is this something that happened before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they're not muted. I just muted them. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, all right, yeah, sorry cool. about that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I encourage people to get everything. You know, I've got CB radio, I've got a GMRS license, I've got several FRS radios, and the frequencies and, and channels that you get in all of those different band plans are different than each other. And a lot of FRS and GMRS stuff overlap, but there's channels that GMRS users have that no one else has. There's um, nothing overlaps with ham radio. We have our own sets of frequencies. So, um, so GMRS is a good, uh, CB or GMRS is a good stepping stone to ham radio, but ham radio gives you a lot more 
of everything than those other services do. I I wouldn't say go get a ham license and forget GMRS and CB for forever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've got a, I've got a CB radio in my truck. I've got a GMRS radio in my truck. I use those, uh, especially for folks who are not licensed in the ham world. But um, but I'm I'm a big believer in you know talk where have have the ability to talk wherever you can wherever whatever frequencies and, and band plans you can talk on. Okay, so if you're if you're getting into this. Um, before you even do it, you need to get some kind of license that low, that what's the lowest level one called technician technician. Okay. So technician, is that just a fee that we're paying? What's the deal there? No, you have to take a 35 question test to get your technician license. It's a, it's just, it's a multiple choice test and you can get, uh, you can get books and you can watch videos on YouTube, on my channel and several others, and you mm-hmm. can get apps on your phone. That will give you the exact question and answer pool they use. Okay, okay so, so it's, real, it's relatively study. easy. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the exact question and answer pool, and then you go take a test. You pay um, anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars to take your test. It's thirty five questions. Uh, you get a seventy four percent, I think it is, uh, to pass. Okay. And then it's it's that way for the technician. It's that way for the next one up, upgraded from that from general, and then the top one, which is called amateur extra, is a fifty question test. Okay. Um. But it's all multiple choice, and the, the the exact worded questions and answers are out there for you to study. So it's really just a matter of learning the material. Not really. There's not like any trick questions or anything like that. You know, they're yeah. not. The, the 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 information is not written to try to trick you from getting your license. The information's there to try to help you get your license. So right. Okay. Um, but no. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to get into the super minutia of any of this. I would recommend everyone out there go check out Ham Radio 2.0. Uh, we'll talk about other places to get information from. Uh, do you guys at Gigaparts have a lot of these kind of links and stuff like that over on the website? We actually carry study guides. Okay. Um, through the Amateur Radio Relay League, um, the W5YI study guide. Um, MFJ has a study guide. Mm-hmm. I think, but what else do we have? Ham test online, Ham online mm-hmm. is another uh, tool we offer on, on our webpage. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get like, if you want to get deep into that stuff, we'll get into that here. What we're trying to do is like, just introduce everyone to this. So, you know, the folks who aren't into it, I'm telling you guys, I'm starting at zero, just someone on the outside looking in. When I look at a lot of gun guys, people talking about survival stuff, emergency preparedness, um, you know, even just like how I have the van and you go out places, folks say to me, look, just don't go walking around with just your phone. You could damage your phone. Your phone might not work some places that you go to. So that's this is where I'm starting. And, you know, when I met Ham Radio 2.0, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then we're all we're all gun guys. We're we're into a whole bunch of different things. So, um, by the way, I noticed that Edward Brower, he's in the chat. That's the CEO of Utreon. That's one of the beautiful things about this. We actually get the CEO of a tech company to like hang out with us sometimes. And um, I think he I think he's driving right now, so he might not you know, be able to do some stuff. I believe he's out there driving around somewhere, um, you know, but he is there. He is uh, keeping up with us, which is very cool. And if anyone out there has questions, let us know. Um, we're so, so, you know, you guys can, like, as we're going down this path here, so you need to get the technician's license, not expensive, not difficult. Then what ha- what comes next? Just buy something? Where do we go from there? You go to Gigaparts well, and buy something. 
Yeah. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, buy a radio. <laughs> and, you know, it really comes down to, and, you know, I, I, I always look up. I know I'm sorry. It's like I'm looking up at like a script, but I'm not. You know, you know, I don't I don't ever want to sell a radio to somebody that is going to just sit on the shelf and collect dust. So I always tell everybody, buy something that you will use at home and in an emergency. Because the big key is when all else fails, amateur radio is one of the biggest quotes you hear. Because what does a lot of your local governments and state governments rely on? Amateur radio in their state. Because... Mm-hmm. We can talk out, you know, we can talk local, national and international just from the radios that are sitting behind Jason, because all my radios are in front of, you know, us mm-hmm. here, you know, mm-hmm. or his, are behind him. But um, yeah, well, Jason, you know, I mean, J- this is why Jason is 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 a superstar, man. He, you know, <laughs> he knows he knows what needs to yeah. be. Shown. <laughs> you guys are functional. Yeah. You guys actually get it done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the, the big thing is, you know, you know I don't want to, you know, make, you know, he's got how many radios behind him. Uh-huh. And so he's got the same capabilities that I have here. I just have mine strung out between three mm-hmm. operating stations where he's got, you know, essentially one operating station with multiple radios where mm-hmm. I've got all mine where I can have three different operators going at mm-hmm. the same time where yeah maybe you can get jason over there get jason to take a picture and then send it to me and i'll throw that up on air here if you if you guys want to show it i don't know um you know if if you may not want to show it uh 42 chill says mobile ham could be used in house or car with 12 volt and um brian quick says klaus schaub says your puny little radio of ham will not stop the new world order i don't know where that comes from uh, <laughs> we're not gonna stop it. We're just gonna talk over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing, the truth of the matter is here. Like one of the things. So in this, why are we on Utreon, right? Because the modern ways of communicating are happening on social media platforms. But the social media platforms, the corporations that run them, are activists. So they want to control what people can say when they're communicating with each other. And the beautiful thing about this is this is an, this is an old school way that uh, is very, I don't know what's the best way to put it, very robust, something that's going to survive a lot of bad stuff. If human beings are here, but lots of things are happening in the world, this is a way of people communicating with each other across distances that's going to be there, right? Does that make any sense, a ham radio? Absolutely. Correct. If, you yes. know, if, if we, could talk to, we could talk to Jason right now with, with ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where and, I'm, I, and I, you know, we lost connection at one point there, and when we came back on, we heard you know GMRS and CB being discussed. Mm-hmm. And you know, the key to that is it is line of sight. Mm-hmm. So as far as you can see, is as far as you're going to be able to communicate. Where you know Jason and I could come up on HF and we could talk to each other, and where what? almost 700, 800 miles away from each other, mm-hmm. if not yeah. more. Yeah. You know, and so, all it is is, you know, well, not this radio, but, you know. Here's it's not a lot. It's, well, that's the question I was going to ask. Is it a bunch of equipment that you need? So, like, give us, a, give us an idea. Like, where does someone need to start, and what kind of money are we talking about just to start? Right there. 
here's okay what are we looking at most, i was gonna say here is the yesu trying to get it to focus there we go yeah here is our most popular handheld from yesu the ft70 dr okay it covers vhf and uhf okay and it costs cost 159.95 okay so how and how far can i communicate with something like that with this i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word simplex simplex being you know person to person line of sight so it really depends on your location well i'll use overland as an example mm -hmm. where our where we were standing we could have worked everybody there with ease maybe people on that mountain so you know i always tell people with simplex it could be five miles it could be 10 miles it could be um, you know depending on conditions it could go much farther but yeah one thing that you know I, I know i discussed with you back in october is repeater systems which that is our backbone with amateur radio which is basically just a base state I'll, I'll call it a base station could be on top of a building on top of a mountain okay which expands our signals out so okay. this handheld or a mobile radio could go 40 50 miles there there's a repeater system here in huntsville that on a good day will reach birmingham alabama which is 92 miles away okay cool so so there's how powerful the radio is there's i guess like kind of line of sight you know, if there's things interrupting, and so there's repeaters there along the way that helps spread that, get that message, and put it out. If it, yeah. like, just let me know. I don't know anything about this. You guys know no, about what it. You said, what okay. you said is right. I, I yeah, I, I get asked this question a lot. I get asked, so how far? How? What's the range? How come no one ever says the range of this radio? I do mm -hmm. a new radio review. I put one up about an hour ago today. What's the range? How come no one ever says the range? Ham radio guys don't ask that question. People who are trying to get interested in ham radio ask that question oh, because okay. they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it's, it's not a bad question, okay? But range is totally, like Steve said, range is totally dependent on what's between you and the other station that you want to talk to. If you're on a ground, if you're standing on the earth and you're trying to talk to another station standing on the earth, then it really depends on what's between you and that station. Yeah. Now, is this the Ele flat earth elevation? or is this like, yeah, depend, you know, I mean, if you, if you don't. I guess if the flat, if I guess if it's a flat earth, you'd be able to talk a lot further. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's how you know. If, if, that's how you know yeah, right exactly. there. Yeah, that's how you know. Uh -huh. But if you've got, if you've got elevation uh, differences between the two stations, if you've got trees, buildings, concrete, and, and all this other kind of stuff, it's going to affect the signal. I tell people the range on VHF and UHF is actually quite far. Because there are repeaters on the International Space Station that you can stand in your backyard and point a Yagi antenna towards, and you can talk to the International Space Station from that uh, that handheld radio that Steve just showed. Oh, okay. So, and that's right. what, how many miles up is that? I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, 90, I mean, thousand miles up, something like that. Um, I'm probably wrong. I don't. Oh, I don't, hold on. Oh, yeah, we're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah, allowed like, to talk to the right space there. station? Are they going to answer you? Yes. I was. They, I, I was most of them, of course, yeah, I got out of my ham chair. Radio repeater on there, and they're all hams. Most of them are. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So yes. You know, here's here's a handheld antenna that, when the space station flies over us, my wife and I have worked the International Space Station using this antenna and the same handheld we've been showing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. That's very cool. Yeah, that's something but, I didn't know about. Go ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the but the but the point is that that's line of sight because there's mm -hmm. nothing in the air between you and mm -hmm. the space station. 
is straight line of sight. There's no trees. There's no buildings sitting in the air or anything right. like that. Mm -hmm. So it's totally different talking. So, and there's satellites. There's amateur radio satellites that orbit the Earth that okay. you can work as well and, and use as a repeater. And those are thousands of miles up. So line mm -hmm. of sight is very dependent on your range. You can talk for miles and miles and miles and miles if you have clear line of sight. But if you have elevation, trees, foliage, um, water, land, desert, all kinds of different soil types, mountain ranges, buildings mm -hmm. in between you and the other station, it, it makes a huge difference on the range that you can that you can talk on. Okay, but, very cool. Okay, and so I, um, those guys were showing, I forgot the name of that, um, what was the first setup you guys were showing? Because Lola, Lola's question, I'm going to try to get to people's questions here. Lola says, what's up with the bowfang that I see all the time? Um, lots of guys... Uh, Lots of guys had the bow fang. And I know we had this conversation when I saw you guys, but we, you know, we're going to probably have to get into it here. Because this, ha this happens in the gun world. Everyone says, what's yeah. the first handgun I should get, right? And then that starts a whole battle. <laughs> a whole fight. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not... I will never bash... Yes, this is a bow fang. With some spider webs on it. But, <laughs> you know, I have, there is nothing against owning a bow fang radio. It's very cheap, inexpensive, and I get that because, to me, if I break it, throw it away, buy another one. Mm -hmm. I'm but it's effective. But it's effective, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Me, not, and, you know, keeping away, you know, where we work kind of thing, I'd rather have quality, something I know that's been tested, FCC approved, and the big key is, though they think they're FCC approved, these things are known for spurious emissions and not truly meeting FCC certification and standards. Okay. I'll say this. If, you, yeah. if you're going to play with it and it's just a toy, a bow thing is a great radio to play with. But if your comms are super important and your life depends on it, you're going to want to spend up to a high-quality unit that will guarantee you work when you need it to. Like anything else. Yeah. So do you, so if you guys can just talk about this a little bit more, get into this, um, and then give us names, just so that we say it a couple of times here and we show people stuff. What is the what are what are the names of the things we're talking about? Let's just do like a versus thing and prices. So Bofang, what's what's the what's the price entry level on a Bofang? I was I was going to say thirty thirty to fifty dollars. Oh really? Yeah. That's okay. I, oh, I thought they were a little yeah. bit more than that. Okay, and then and then what's the other one you guys are mentioning there? What was it? A Yao? Uh, what was that? Uh, Yezu. 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 Okay, and so the Yezu obviously would be like a hundred and thirty. You're saying anywhere from one hundred and thirty to one hundred and seventy-nine. There's various models that Yezu offers. Mm -hmm. The FT60, the FT70. There's a VX6R. There are so many options out there. And out of all three of those, they all have their features. Like the last one I mentioned, the VX6R, covers 220 megahertz. It's not popular here in Alabama, but down there in Texas where Jason is, they have a lot of 220 repeaters. California has a lot of 220 repeaters. Here, we have none. Okay. So, and then, so the Bofangs start at around 30 bucks. Where do Bofangs go up to? Is there like an expensive one or... 
why is there this thing like you guys are in this world explain to me why this like how i think i think that ham radio 2.0 told me this when we were hanging out that like you know the the bofang is like the uh the high point of uh so yeah, I, if yeah, i misquoted yeah, you yeah. let me know let me know <laughs> yeah no no no, no, no that's that's i, I didn't want to you you said something about high point at the beginning, so I didn't want to mm-hmm. bash anybody if, if high point is one of your spots. No, that's no, that's totally no, trust me, that's yeah. we're talking about high point here. They they are I, used to getting bashed a, or whatever. A, and the high points are I, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I own a high point yeet cannon and I've shot it several times and I hit what I'm aiming at when I shoot that gun. So mm-hmm. I can't complain about it. But it, it's I'm not gonna carry it instead of my Glock seventeen. It's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, yeah. So a bowfang is basically it's basically the reason bowfangs are popular is because they are cheap. And people can buy them, they can take them out to the hunting lease, they can take them out to a fishing trip or to a camping trip, and if they get rained on, if they get lost, if they get dropped and broken or dropped in the river or something and they lose it, then you're out 30 bucks instead of taking it's your 3 or 400 dollar radio truck gun of radios. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's the it, kind of thing. It's like better to have one than to not have one, which is what I tell yes. people about high points. If you don't have the money to buy a thousand dollar. First of all, handguns are not a thousand dollars entry level. You yeah. could buy a handgun for a couple of hundred bucks. But it, let's say your your price range is a hundred bucks. You can get a high point for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, oh, you okay. could use it to defend yourself. And it's better to have that than to have nothing. If things, you know, things go wrong. Right. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely agree. Yeah. So um, let's. So that I don't know if people have got any questions about that. Um, Ham. Uh, actually, Brian Quick says he, who he was teasing us. He was teasing us before. Brian Quick does a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, he's got. You yeah. know, he's got. His, he's got his own particular brand of humor. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's acquired taste. <laughs> but uh, he's. You know, he's been here for a long time supporting us. Um, he says, "What happens if you get a ham radio and don't have a license?" Uh, he says he's not a fed, but what happens? Do you get <laughs> like, well, like I said a minute ago, anybody can buy a ham radio and listen all they want to. There's nothing illegal about that. Um, in fact, I encourage people to do that. Most of the time, if you want to buy one and listen to your local repeaters, um, a lot of the times you can get a, you can definitely get a Bofang cheaper than a scanner. Uh, most mm-hmm. scanners will listen to, to ham radio frequencies and repeaters, but, uh, you can get a Bofang to listen to local repeaters or local simplex traffic around your area. And there's nothing in the world wrong or illegal about listening. The license gives you the ability to key up on specific frequencies that are designated for ham radio operators. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So if, if you think you might want to get uh, a ham radio license one day, go buy a Bofang and listen to some activity around your uh, around your area. And if you don't, if you if you learn that it's not for you, then you're only out thirty bucks. Put the radio on eBay and sell it, or give it to someone else who you think might want it. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's yeah. not a big deal, but anybody can do that. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Is Bofang like the most sold, uh, radio, like handheld? Is it the, probably just because okay. like I said, they're so cheap. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, I tell, I tell people they're an entry level radio. When you first get your license or before you get your license, you want to buy one and kind of tinker around with it. Mm-hmm. Great. But once you get your first Yezu or your first Icom radio, you're going to understand what the difference is between the $30 radio and the $150 radio or the, or the $300 radio. They just offer more features, uh, better, better receipt, better audio quality, both on send and receive, uh, better, uh, what's called descents, and they don't pick up a lot of extra noise from stuff that's around you. Um, so it's just a better overall quality. 
I think what was that? Yeah, uh, digital modes. Digital modes. Digital okay. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. like one. You know, and, and I was kind of you know jumping on on this. In my hand, I I, I hold a high terror radio. Now, some of you out there may look at that and go, why does that look like a Motorola radio? Well, unfortunately, a couple years ago, Motorola sued Hytera because this is developed very, very close to a Motorola, Motorola I forget if it was the XTS 5000, 6000 level, it, very close. I mean, the only difference is a couple pieces of software and digital capabilities and unfortunately, I can't sell it no more. You can't even sell these in the United States because oh, I can't even think of the were they good government. Were they good radios? Are they good radios? My personal opinion, yes. Now, mm-hmm. yes, these are DMR radios. It's a digital mode, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you look at the price. At one point, these were going for seven, eight hundred dollars. I know when we were selling them, I think they were three anywhere from three to five hundred, and within a year or two, we had to stop selling them because the U.S. government said we could not sell them no more because of um, there was spying with Chinese software in them, um, the Motorola issue. Jason from uh, I'll call say Texas, Jason. What am I missing on the High Terra debacle? Yeah, it it was very ugly. It yeah. Yeah, I'm just calling him Ham Radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or I don't know. I like I don't know what to call him. You know, should we got right. two point oh? I don't know, but yeah. Two point oh, yeah. Two Yeah. Well, so that was a whole. That was a whole thing. No, I take looking, it. And and one thing about Baofangs and Waxon, and I don't have a Waxon here. Mm-hmm. These Chinese radios, they just banned them in Europe. Now I I saw conflicting stories why they've banned them. More than likely, it's probably because of the spurious emissions. They're not they're not real sensitive. What does uh what does spurious food. emissions mean? What does that mean? Broadcast outside of the assigned bands is supposed to work with them. Uh, okay, okay, right. the 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 government wants to be in very tight control of everything. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, once you get past the radio, the HT, what they call the HT, the handhelds, mm-hmm. then you move into something like that. Okay. So this is a mobile radio. okay. That's considered mobile. You said. That's mobile. I mean, most of the right. time they're, they're designed to mount in your car. Okay. Or you put them in your house, mm-hmm. and when you're getting a dozen miles or up to twenty miles. We have talked to people in South America on this radio before mm-hmm. from Alabama. You can okay. hit uh, hundreds of th- over a thousand miles with a radio like that pushing a hundred watts. Oh, okay. All right. Very interesting. So that's where that's where you start stepping everything up there. Uh, let me get a couple yeah. of more comments in here before we get. Uh, uh, let's see what Boss Hog says. I've been a ham radio operator for twenty five years. That's awesome, Boss Hog. Sweet. Um, there's a lot of new stuff I'm not familiar with. And then he also, what is this? Because I thought he was saying, yeah, he says, I have a, uh, Wuxon handheld. I have a Yesu airband transceiver. So there you go. If that, and yeah, why is my, I don't know why my camera, there we go. My camera is not focusing. All right. So there you go from boss hog. He's, he's all up, you know, he's, uh, he's already familiar. Like I said, if anyone out there, um, can do that stuff, let us know. Um, 
42 Chill says Yesu's better quality. Mm-hmm. So, um, and LB yeah, Louis Cyphers. Well. What's that? As well. Yeah, Icon, Kenwood, mm-hmm. Yezu. What's the uh, top of the line? What's the, what's the like, creme de la creme? You know, you know, I think that all really depends on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. I'm, a, I'm an Icom guy here. Everything on my side of, you know, of the shack here is Icom. My wife is a Yesu fan. It's okay. like Ford versus Chevy. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. They're all, they're all great pieces of equipment. Yeah. So everybody has their and they use it. What's Ham Radio 2.0 all about? What's your what's what are you? Uh, well, there's a um, when you're talking handheld radios, okay. The the top of the line guys are the ones that Jason and Steve are talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Icom, Yezu, or Kenwood. Those are going to be the three biggest names in handheld and, and mobile radios for VHF, UHF, and they're all Japanese made. Um, when you get into the to the more expensive desk radios, like what you see back here behind mm-hmm. me, this is the HF radios and whatnot. What, there what was price? actually about mm-hmm. – par, pardon? I, I was wondering what price level we're getting to in that. You're, you're starting around uh, $600 and going okay. up to uh, – you can get a really decent model for about $1,000. Okay. Uh, you can get some entry-level stuff for about 600 mm-hmm. But there's actually three different companies in the USA that are making HFM radios today. Um, mm-hmm. So my favorite rate, my favorite HF radio right now is a company called Flex Radio. And those are not only made in the USA, but they're actually made right here in Texas. So uh, there's a couple other companies like Ellicraft and Tentec that are made in the USA as well. So you can get some American-made radios. The problem is that these companies don't make the little handheld radios or the mobile radios. They're, they just focus on the, the more expensive base station radios for, uh, for the higher frequencies. So, um, so top of the line, in my mind, is probably one of these American-made companies. But if you're talking about HTs and mobile radios, it's definitely one of the three that Jason and Steve were talking about. Yeah. So it seems like I mean, are there are we talking about like some ten thousand dollar setups, a hundred thousand dollar? I was you know? I was actually going to mention just because mm-hmm. I know Ham Radio's got it. To oh, his boy. right, I don't know if he has if he can switch his cameras. He has a seven thousand dollar HF radio. Oh, do you? Is that what's over there? So that's like high end, it's, huh? It's right there. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. yeah that's, I don't, I don't yeah, think he can switch cameras for it. We can see it a little bit. We can see it a little bit back there. So what makes well, that so expensive? That's a super radio. You know, I'm actually on the table next to that power supply and power meter. He's got. He did a, a video yesterday on a radio from Expert Electronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that radio, it actually has a computer built inside of it. So it's it's a computer and radio all in one package. Oh, okay. If you hook up five or six different antennas, you can send and receive at the same time. You can yeah. monitor multiple bands at the same time. Yeah. So just like any other world that you get into, you could get really crazy and do a whole bunch of oh, stuff yeah. over there in, in oh, that yeah. world. Um, one of the comments... $100,000, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, LB, uh, and, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you know, Jason says $100,000. Between my setup here in Alabama... Equipment I still have it having my parents in Pennsylvania, New Jersey at a contest station I go to twice a year, and Virginia I still have two repeaters on the air in Portsmouth, Virginia. Oh jeez! I think what is going zero, on? <laughs> yeah, I mean I have equipment insurance covering eighty-three thousand dollars in equipment. Holy moly! 
and it spread yeah. around. <laughs> it's just like the it's well, just like the gun guys who uh, mm-hmm. who have you know twenty five fire twenty five firearms. You know, you can only shoot right. one at a time, but you still have twenty five. Yeah, you know, you can shoot you can shoot two at a time, and if you, you figure out how, okay. yeah, if you figure out how to use your to, your your toes. <laughs> Right, yeah. You can only shoot effectively. No, well, yes, there is that. Tactical gun training kicking in. You can only really do two at one at a time. But yeah, no, absolutely. There, there are people that take this hobby to the extreme, Mm -hmm. and to the point that, you know, my my setup is small here. I I will openly admit that. But there are sites in Illinois. There's one in Maine that we're talking mid six figures. Between the towers, antennas, radios, there, there's just not one or two towers. There's five to ten towers, and I'm not talking like 20, 30 foot towers, 100, 200 mm-hmm. foot towers. Right, yeah. And they're coming to the world, yeah. the whole world. <laughs> yeah. What is, oh, hold on a second. I think we're, is this the expense? Oh, look at that. Oh, that's sexy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's, I don't even yeah. know about these radios, and I'm like, oh, that's. Yeah. Uh, that's what, the uh, what's that's that called? the expert electronics that, that Steve was just talking about. So what is this? Is this like space that we're seeing floating through there? Is this the universe? Those are those are radio signals on a on a certain frequency. So okay. Wow. So yeah. So, and what's your distance on that? What's the furthest you've communicated on that? I haven't had this one very long, but the, fur- the furthest I've communicated on one similar to this, you know, I've, uh, Europe is pretty easy to talk to. South America, of course, Canada, um, Hawaii, is mm. pretty far away. Um, so it's it's not unusual to talk to to Germany or Italy or Spain, um, okay, that kind of thing. So yeah, all over the world. It's, on a really good day, I can get Australia. Okay, cool. Can but, you turn it down a little? Yeah, because it's probably. Yeah, to people out there, yeah, it's probably driving everyone crazy. So I imagine if things are happening, so like if something's happening in Africa, right, and, you know, like no one can believe the news or whatever that's coming out of there, you could probably tune in to someone that's in that country and, like, actually have conversations with them, I'm assuming. Yeah. In fact, when things were getting kind of sideways in Cuba, the first thing the government did was... Uh, block the uh, amateur radio channels where they you couldn't talk. Hmm. That was their first preemptive thing: block out communication. So they literally went through and jammed every frequency that any amateur radio user could use. Oh it wow! It was affecting. It was affecting everybody all over North America too. Oh, so, was, so there's no way to get through that. That was only two, three. I was going to say it was right around the beginning of October when 40 meters, seven megahertz you know, in the amateur band was Cuba was jamming because they just wanted, they just wanted to do it. They didn't want anybody from Cuba to talk to anybody yep. from here. Yeah. Right. So they didn't want that stuff to get out. Is there a way around that if that happens? Go to another band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just well, wondering. And, you know, so, we mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, like you, you said Africa, you know, the big thing is, and like hurricanes, Every time a hurricane is heading towards Puerto Rico, South America, they they have designated frequencies that they will tell the amateur radio world, you know, please stay off of 7,200 megahertz. It's going to be for mercy traffic for Hurricane Irene or, you know, whatever natural disaster is going on. Or even if it's a 
hurt, you know, not hurt, well, hurricane, tornadoes. I mean, we even in the state, states I hear, we will designate certain frequencies only for emergency traffic in the state. So that way we can communicate with each other and pass traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many there's so many things that can happen there. Let me just get into uh, LV Louis Cipher says you can get a cheap J frame revolver for a hundred bucks at a pawn shop, which is a good point. It's a good point. I always tell people you don't have to buy um, like guns new, you know. So you can get some higher end guns. You can save some money by getting them. Typically, in these days with the internet, good luck with that. Uh, everyone knows the value of everything, um, but you can still get deals. You can still get deals. Is that the same thing in the radio world? Like, it, you know, could the folks out there save money by going to pawn shops and stuff? Pawn shops are a little bit, um, if someone knows what they have and they know what they want to sell, and they know, and they want to sell a ham radio and they know what it is, they're usually not going to take it to a pawn shop, but you do get a lot of, um, folks who uh their parents pass away and they're cleaning out attics and they find some ham radio stuff and they'll take it to a pawn shop because they don't know what else to do with it you do get some of that but Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to find stuff in pawn shops but there are i mean you like you can find a whole lot of ham radio stuff on ebay used stuff on ebay there's uh Mm -hmm. ham radio specific websites out there that's that where operators like myself and steve and jason can get on there and sell used equipment so Mm -hmm. yeah the used market is very very popular in ham radio today for sure Okay. All right. Go ahead, uh, Jason and Steve. I was going to, you know, Jason, you know, he said trade in, you know, that is my primary daily thing at Gigaparts is trade ins and processing returns. But more than anything, trade ins. This year alone, I've had 200 and I think today I hit 75 trade ins for the year. And that was handhelds, mobiles, base stations, antennas amplifiers yes in amateur radio we do have amplifiers mm-hmm. um you name it i i don't want to say i'll take everything i kind of you know I, I can't take antiques because people won't buy them okay but you'll be surprised you know buying used is always a good idea yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah is the so with everything so first of all are you guys affected by this whole chip crisis absolutely really okay well, a lot so, of our vendors are having problems getting stuff like that. Yeah, so raw materials is definitely a problem right now. Mm-hmm. So, so the values right now is this a seller's market? Yes. Okay. Okay. So values are pretty high on things. So if people have that stuff and they're not into it and they want to get rid of it, this would probably be a good time. But for the Absolutely. guys trying to get in cheap, this is probably not as good a time as it could have been, right? No. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but I will tell you that after the the 2020 election, there was a huge surge on our uh, our stuff. We sold out of almost every radio within weeks of the election. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> the I was gonna say the election and um, April 15th, 2020. Mm. Oh my! Was a day of. Why um, April? We, why is that? Like that's ta- isn't that tax time? It was tax day, and that's when mm. everybody got the first stimulus uh, check. Oh yeah. Okay. And, yeah. You know, normally I get you know I get to work at seven a.m. on kind of the early bird and get out of there early. That wasn't an early day for me out the door. That was a nine p.m. out the door, because by the time he arrived to work, which he doesn't do anything but purchasing, 
you know, and finding us new products to offer, I was downstairs in the warehouse helping them package stuff because people were buying because they thought the world was coming to an end. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Which was, which was great for us. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, here we are with no product to sell, you know, a month or two later. And then he's begging his, you know, <laughs> supplier stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing. I think a lot of people were sitting at home, bored, looking for something new to do. And the ability to sit there and talk to the world live from your couch was a very appealing thing. Yeah. You know, it's so weird. Like, how can we actually do this in the world? Like, so let, not even the world. Let's say America. Okay. At the same time, everyone's buying everything. So the gun world, all the sales went up. In the car world, all the sales went up. Um, even specifically, like, vans and uh, RVs in general. There's, like, you know, RVs are just selling out. Um, radio, like, so all of this, everyone was just buying everything. At what point does that actually catch up to us? <laughs> Where's the money? Where was the money coming from? We're printing the money. You know, what happens when people realize it's like not the end of the world necessarily? Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you see people still holding? Because, and here's the reason why I'm asking you. Like, I remember when we had these kinds of rushes in in the gun world and everyone went out and bought all the guns and bought them. So, so an AR that you could have bought for... At one point, you know, three, four hundred bucks, you could have bought an AR, six hundred bucks. People were buying for a thousand, two thousand. And then all of a sudden, they had no money and they had these guns, and the gun stores were not buying them back at those prices. They didn't even want to buy them back, or they're like, okay, we'll give you two hundred bucks for that thing. Do, you know, are you guys seeing that same kind of stuff in your world? No. I think supply chains are so constrained right now and will be that way for such a long time. It's going to be years before that market gets uh, corrected. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a lot. There are a lot more gun manufacturers in the world than there are ham radio manufacturers. Okay. Okay. A lot more gun manufacturers. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can get all kind AR-15 stuff. I mean, it's like, gosh, you can get AR-15 stuff all day long from who knows. American-made, non-American-made, all kinds of different stuff from different countries and whatnot. So mm-hmm. some of it's good, some of it's maybe not so good. But, yeah, there's there's a lot less ham radio manufacturing going on in the world because ham radio is really kind of a – there's a lot more gun owners in America today than there are ham radio operators in America today. And that's really? That's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you were going to say something there, Jason. Um, uh, Alabama, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I was just, I was just saying that uh, it has become the second coming of amateur radio. Amateur radio has been just kind of hovering for a long time, and then everybody understood the value of communication when suddenly they didn't think they would be able to do it again. And when you're looking at everything going on around the world, you know, the guy with the radio who can reach out for help, that's a very important guy to know these days, you know? And a mm-hmm. lot of people are just really looking at the fact that they want to be able to communicate with anybody. I can pick up the phone and call my brother and talk to him, but uh, when a tornado came through in 2011, I couldn't do that. I had to go pull a radio out and start talking to people. So, you know, it's kind of important to be able to communicate or at least listen to what's going on, and people mm-hmm. are starting to understand that now. Yeah, and I think, and, and, and I'll be interested to hear what you guys think about this. Like a big place, I've always seen radios and things like that, right? You know, I watched Smokey and the Bandit. 
you know. Um, so I've seen CB radios and things like that. When I lived outside of America, that was a thing, and you know, uh, and and I lived in Nigeria, and I know that people communicated using these things. But the thing that really made me start thinking seriously about it is I started reading survival fiction stuff. You know, so for example, in Florida, there's a writer called Angry American, and he did a, I think it was the Going Home series about um, man i just i just read like the first five of those books in yeah. record time yeah that's just a freaking awesome series I lo- yeah it was I pretty good whole series so yeah yeah it was pretty good we've had him in the, yeah, on the podcast yeah. in the past Have you? Um, okay. yeah for anyone who is uh you know interested in that yeah. but when i started when i started reading and and, and listening to those audiobooks that came out of that that's like that played a so so the whole premise for anyone who doesn't know in that storyline is that there's an EMP that hits the world, knocks out uh, all electronics and and stuff like that, and you know people have to pick up the pieces and things get crazy, and the government's kind of like starts controlling people, and one of the ways for everyone to communicate is you know ham radio. So, do you think that? Do you guys think that? And we see it in movies, we see it all over. Do you guys think that that played a big part it when? You know, when, in, like, let's say you, you said with elections, everyone started buying everything. When people think the world's coming to an end, they're like, I'm going to need this. Well, it's like anything else. People, I think my biggest problem with what was going on is that everybody was buying everything. They didn't know how to use any of it. You know, it's right. great that you own it, but there is some finesse into using this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, what I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I think it's starting to happen now, is that people are going, okay, well, I have this thing. Now, what do I do with it? Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the beautiful things yeah. about amateur radio is you will never find a group of people more willing to help a new mm-hmm. person in the hobby than amateur radio enthusiasts. And it's, they even have a nickname for it. They call them Elmers. And okay. I promise you, you tell somebody, you tell an amateur radio operator you're interested in getting into it, you have just made a new best friend and they will do everything they can to help you out. Mm-hmm. Worse, than, worse, than, worse, than, worse than Apple people. people. Really? <laughs> worse, yeah, yeah. Worse than Apple people. So, in a good way. In a good right. way. Worse than Apple people. Yeah. So. Probably um, not worse yeah. than Tesla people. I think those are the worst people. Probably, probably not that bad. Probably not <laughs> Tesla people. <laughs> I, we, no, Jason's right. It's, it's, you know, we, and I, and I hear mm-hmm. this a lot. Mm-hmm. When the pandemic started and the lockdown started, I used to hear all the time, "Why do I need a ham radio license? Because in an emergency, I don't need a license to transmit." And that is true. In fact, that's one of the questions on the technician test is like what type of transmission is permitted and what frequency is permitted if you if 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 your person, if your family, if your property is in immediate danger, immediate threat, immediate danger, you can legally operate on any band, any radio, anywhere you want to um, in an emergency. Okay. And people were saying, well, the pandemic's emergency. I should be able to communicate where I am. No, that's not, that's not how the FCC defines an emergency. Whether you agree with it or not, that's not what that means. Okay. So in a, an immediate threat to your person, your property, your family, you can use any form of communication possible. But, and here's what I tell people. And I tell this to a lot of gun guys. I, I'm a gun guy. I grew up with guns. I grew up in Texas. Okay. I'm the stereotype Texas guy. My dad's a gunsmith. He retired from the fire service seven or eight years ago, and he started his own gunsmithing. He's an FFL gunsmith. I've been around firearms since as far back as I can remember. I'm not an expert, but I'm very familiar with them. Um, so what I tell people is this, okay, do you go to the to the gun store and buy your, your first firearm, and you look at it, you're like, okay, cool, I've got a handgun now. You go home, you put it in your drawer, and you leave it there until an emergency happens. 
Mm-hmm. Or, or do you actually take it out sometimes and put several boxes of, of rounds and bullets through it and try to actually practice and get good with it? Right. Okay, so right. ham radio, a ham yeah. radio license gives you opportunity to mm-hmm. do that, to get on the radio and use it and program it and learn what the community, how to operate in a non-emergency environment so that when the emergency happens, you are prepared for it. And yeah. that's what a ham radio in a, in a GMRS license, uh, that's, that's what a license does for you. Because a radio is great, but if I hand you a radio and say, hey, Hank, go to 146.700 and uh, uh, program it to a, a plus uh, 600 offset with a PL tone of 110.9, and I'll meet you there. And then I leave. You lost you me at Hey, Hank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's just like anything else. You don't, need right. to, you don't need a radio to put in the drawer and leave there until an emergency happens. You need to know how to communicate. You need to know how to use that radio, how to program it, how to change frequencies, how to do everything that it will do before – an emergency happens. That's the definition of prepping. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're a prepper or not, you know, there's 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 good prepping, there's bad prepping. But mm-hmm. if you are unprepared, if you have a radio in your backpack, great. But if you don't know how to use it, you are unprepared for that contingency. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what M radio provides for you. Right. I agree with um, you know, I look, I agree with your analogy in the comparison to guns. I think people should get into this and uh, you know, figure out like take time trying to figure out what do you what do you want to get you know what do you want to do this train with this what's you know all kinds of things around it but the flip side happens so there are those of us who do that right and we do it on different levels but i think that when these kind of buying events happen right these unusual tsunamis of buying events that we're seeing right now happen that's what everyone does it happens with the gun stuff people just go into gun stores and there's people that are shocked that when you know, they have to go into the gun stores that they have to actually go through background checks and stuff like that to get things. <laughs> because on the news, they've been told that you could just go get yeah. get a machine gun uh, out yeah. of the gun store and just walk in yeah. there and, yeah. you know, pay some money and walk out with it. But so they get shocked there. But once they buy that thing, they go put it at home, you know, and they they just don't they just put it away somewhere, put it in a closet, you know, um, and forget about yeah. it. So it's not like the normal of what you would see when people are getting into these kinds of things, which is too bad because if stuff really goes crazy, how are you going to figure that out in a, you know, in a real emergency situation if you don't think about it before that? Right. And that's, that's kind of what I tell people. That's, that's the reason I do YouTube videos really, Mm -hmm. because I want to educate people on how to become a ham radio operator and how to use the radio and what different, features of the the hobby are out there and the the radio art what they call the radio art is out there Mm. and prepping emergency communications is definitely one part of ham radio but it's not the only part there's a lot of different facets to it just besides just that um i have people on coming to my channel these days asking so what do i need to know all this electronic stuff if if all i want to do is contact my family in an emergency and i'm like well you're looking at it from a single lens Mm -hmm. when you need to be looked at it from from a from a a wide angle lens Okay, because um, ham radio can be about prepping, it can be about emergency comms, it can be about this, but it's not. But it's so much, much more than that as well. And I tell people about, you know, I tell people in the in the gun world about the same thing. You know, I, I know I know several guys who have gun YouTube channels, and they're like, you know, we just want to educate people. I personally think that everybody in the United States who is of legal age and legal standing should own a firearm and learn how to use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as it's, it's Amen. One of our, we're the only, we're the only country. Yeah, we're the only country on the planet that has 
protected gun rights in our Constitution. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody should learn how to do that. I, I say, well, I'm scared of guns. Well, you were scared of a car before you learned how to drive it. So mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not something that you should take lightly, but it's something you should educate yourself in. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what my focus and goal has been for Ham Radio for the last six and a half years on my YouTube channel. Is like, you know, well, there's a lot of people out there that are asking questions and want to know more about about what we do, and and I want to tell them about it, and I want to educate them in it, and I want to give them my advice. And sometimes my advice is good. Sometimes yeah. not, but at least I'm, you know, providing a helping hand to those who want it. So. Yeah, and and to me, here, here's the thing I believe about freedom: if you don't want to do any of that, not go knock yourself out. Right. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. You. Nobody's going to force you to do yeah, it. Yeah. More than likely, yeah. you are the person who's going to suffer the most for it. You know, for for not taking that time to do these kinds of things. You know, and it would it would be good. There's a lot of things in life that we lean that we need to learn. You know, I think that unfortunately, when we go to school and we do that like kindergarten to high school thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of indoctrination and stuff that goes on with that and a lot of real world skills that people don't get and they should be getting them even before they get out of high school, you know, including a knowledge of firearms. They should know how to swim. They should, you know, everyone should have to figure out how to go out there and camp and do things. And, and I think the same thing, uh, comes to, you know, even this radio stuff, you know, a lot of these things people don't see unless they do stuff like go in the military, which, um, I never did. I don't know if any of you guys ever did that. Um, no, not me. You know, okay, so so Steve is Steve is the one guy that's done that, you know, and it's too bad. That's why I know there's some places where there's places around the world where people have to really survive and everyone has to go into the military. That's for a reason, you know. Oh, and, and you know, do I think every should I, do I think every high school student should go in the military for two years like it is in, I think, Israel and other countries? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, will it help us better as a country? Maybe. You know, you know, there's going to be people out there that say, well, I don't want to send my idiot nephew to the military. But <laughs> it, it is what it is. Yeah, that's the, if, any, if anything's going to cure him, that's the one thing. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, if it, it's... It, it's there's people who go through the military doesn't necessarily help, but I mean you know you can't cure everything or everyone. Um, there's a couple of things here unless you guys have stuff. Uh, I know Lola was saying. Um, Lola says, "How long has Ham Radio been doing this? His expertise is impressive." That's from Lola. Okay. Um, twenty six years. Twenty six years. What about you guys? What about Stephen and Jason? I've been in the hobby since 98. Well, licensed 2005, doing communications since 14 years old, so 94, and since 94, so what, almost, that's a long 26, time. Yeah, I'm I got, sorry. I got, and, I got my first license yeah. in 94. That was, yeah, uh, and, so what, what, in 94, you were 14 years old? Yeah. Oh, I'm geez. only 41. I hate to admit that, but I'm only oh, 41. Oh, man, some young, some young dudes <laughs> on here. Yeah, yeah, he's a young guy. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, was in college. I was in college in '94 when I got my first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I graduated high school in like '88. I feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm young then. I, 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 I was four years after that, so I'm good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jason. How many years? Three years. Three. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so the other thing Lola wants to know here is if HAM stands for, is an acronym of some sort, which is, I guess, that's a good question. What does HAM stand for? Where'd that come from? That's kind of a, um, 
um, no one really knows. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a there's a theory out there that um, basically I, I think the gist of it I, I might get part of this wrong. The gist of it is that people used to be referred to as hams when they would get on the air and rag chew and just take up the airspace, mm-hmm. um, and they would talk. They would talk. They would talk on the on the radio, and people say, "Oh, well, they're they're just hamming it up on the airwaves." Okay. And then that that kind of became a a generalized term about ham radio. The technical the 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 realistic book term for it is amateur radio, and it's amateur radio because we're not public safety, we're not professional commercial radio. That's why we can't encrypt or scramble our traffic. It's mm-hmm. one reason. But ham's just kind of like a like a, a nickname that came up way back in the day, a hundred years ago, that nobody knows exactly where it came from, but it's just always kind of always been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not an acronym though. What's that? It's it's like let's go, Brandon. It started out as making fun of us, but we just adapted it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um let's see here. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to look through the chat and see if there's other questions that we're missing. Um uh so Boss Hog says, I wonder if these guys remember when the uh they used to modify radios for Mars slash cap. What is that? I don't know what that is. You guys have to explain that. Mars is the military amateur radio service. They still do okay. that. They still modify radios for, for uh, military. CAP is a civil air patrol. And oh, somebody, okay. somebody in the, somebody in the, uh, he also said uh, CAP doesn't use ham radios anymore, which I didn't know that. I, I thought they still used ham radios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boy Scouts still have a merit badge for ham radio. So you can still get ham radio exposure as a Boy Scout. Okay. And, and, yeah. and the Girl Scouts. And the Girl Scouts. And, okay. And the most important thing to know is the minimal age to get your license is there isn't one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you and, can and, get and, into and, it. Mm-hmm. And Jason makes a valid point there. Two years, three years, no, two years ago now, at the Huntsville Ham Fest, we had the former president of the Amateur Radio Relay League give us a, I would, I would really call it like the status of amateur radio. The struggle we have now is the median age of this hobby is 67 years old. Ooh. So... In 20 years, I'm going to be falling into that median age. So we have to get youth involved. And truly the biggest, it, it bothers me to say this, but it is so true. This is the worst thing that I think was ever designed in society. Because you put this in a kid's hand, that's all they live on. Well, here's the, here's the big thing. What happened December 25th last year in Nashville? You know, we had that. Bombing. We had the bombing at you mm-hmm. know at the AT&T building. Oh well, yeah, mm-hmm. at their dad's yeah. No phones. Center. Yeah. We had no phones, no internet here, all the way down in Huntsville for three days. Mm-hmm. But boy, I could come out here in my shack and I could hear everybody passing mm-hmm. traffic from here to to Knoxville to to Nashville because families were worried. You know, is everything okay? You know, and we we didn't exp- you know we didn't we just did it. We did it because. It's our passion to help others in, in a timely need, and we did. And we are mm-hmm. big users and purveyors of battery and solar technology. So I know I do. I know Jason most certainly does. And I know you have it, the capability of running indefinitely. I've got mm-hmm. batteries and, and solar that I can hook up to my stuff and just keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- there's most- a, go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to, to – to, uh, respond to what Steve was saying. And he, he's absolutely correct. Um, 
people think that a lot of people don't know that AT&T, Verizon, these providers, they don't build their network so that all of their subscribers can pick up their phones and dial a number at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. You know, they got 20, 30 million subscribers, whatever the thing. It's The network's not designed to, for everyone to make a phone call at the same time. So when Katrina happened in New Orleans and when 9-11 happened in New York, um, there, was, uh, there, was a, there was a period of time, usually two or three days, in both of those situations where communications were down, not only because of the devastation and damage of the cell towers, but because everyone in, and everyone who was in the area or knew someone in the area picked up their cell phones and dialed a number and tried to contact someone that was in the, they're like, Oh, my cousin lives up there or my mother lives up there, you know? So they tried to call into the area and they couldn't get through. So ham radio operators went into these situations and set up communications into and out of the area with nothing but a radio, a battery, and a wire. Mm-hmm. And they're using the atmosphere. They're using the airwaves of the atmosphere and the earth to send signals back and forth. In fact, this device right here uses airwaves to send signals back and forth um, through the ionosphere as well. The difference between this and a radio is that this requires some sort of external network, some sort of cell phone tower, some sort of Wi-Fi signal. Mm-hmm. Okay, A radio requires nothing. All you have to have to have a radio communication is someone else with a radio communication somewhere else in the world that's got the same setup as you do, and then you can send signals back and forth. You can't pick up your phone, Hank. I can't pick up this phone and dial you directly without going through a cell tower. Right. If you and I both had a radio in our hand right now, we could talk to each other directly with no infrastructure, no cell tower, no anything in between us, and we could we could communicate. So that's yeah. what people don't understand. This is actually a great tool. For most people will tell you that this is a really great tool for um, uh, maybe bugging out, maybe um, maybe uh, off grid commit. Well, off grid so- somewhat communications. There's there's nothing necessarily wrong with the smartphone or with the cell phone technology. Um, put in its place. It's mm-hmm. not the end all be all. Yeah, most people don't have any redundancies. Yeah, most people, I right, think, right, you know, right. that's that's what these guys are saying, that that, yeah. that people just don't have redundancies. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah. You know, your local tower, um, for whatever reason, be attacked or go offline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you see these things happen. I always tell people there's these big emergencies that everyone prepares for. It happens everywhere, depending on where you live. Like, we have hurricanes and things like that, and then everything gets crazy under those circumstances. But, you know, it's just, it's the personal emergencies that everyone else in America yeah. might not be facing, but you in your particular yeah. county, you know, that cell phone tower you rely on, that's out for whatever reason. Someone yeah. went up in there and stole, you know, stole the tech yeah. out of there. Yeah. That happened. Well, and last February, when we had the Texas Snowmageddon, which mm-hmm. you might be familiar with. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. AT- you know, at the time, I could not – I have a tablet – uh, that has a SIM card on Verizon, and I have my, my phone that has a SIM card on AT&T. The tablet on Verizon worked fine. But for like three, maybe four days, AT&T, I, it just wouldn't work. And I'm like, they must have suffered some damage somewhere. There must be a down signal somewhere. I don't know. Later, about a month or so later, I found out that no. No, there wasn't any damage. They turned off their network to mm-hmm. to regular subscribers so that emergency uh, and public safety police and fire departments can use their network more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand the sentiment behind that, but this was a 
very not reliable form of communication for three or four days in mm-hmm. the state of Texas when power was out for that period of time. I mm-hmm. couldn't make a phone call. Mm-hmm. So if I got stranded somewhere, I was out of luck without with with an AT&T phone. It just did not work. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even a huge, that wasn't like a terrorist attack. That wasn't like a big hurricane or natural disaster. That was just... Snow. <laughs> that was just snow and, and Texas not and, and the, that air nature not, not knowing what the hell they're doing with their power needs. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's it can't even like you said it's a very person it was it, it didn't affect a very wide area but the area that it did affect was very much affected so it was mm-hmm. a personal emergency at the time. Yeah, for people in that part of Texas, absolutely. E- yeah. Even like Hurricane Sandy, I was I was still living in Virginia at the time. They told us at the emergency operations center, this is going to be strictly. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, it's Apple, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's but, okay. That's what know, I got. I'm rocking a. I'm rocking an iPhone. <laughs> you know the bad thing. Why the good thing mm. that they did, at least in Virginia Beach area, they before the hurricane came, they said your cell phone service is going to be turned off so that emergency services could use it only. You could text. But you could not yeah. make a call. Mm-hmm. They did the right. same thing in Katrina when I was down in Bay St. Louis. Though those towers were destroyed. But even when we got into New Orleans, I could use my government cell phone. I could not use my personal Sprint phone because mm-hmm. they wanted to get emergency traffic out. And, you know, that's the big thing is I really try to push a lot of youth involvement around here in the Huntsville area because it's our future. And if we don't get the youth involved, we're not going to have amateur radio in 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Or we might, but it's going to be us old, you know, soon to be coffin dodgers, as mm-hmm. I call, you know, the older generation <laughs> you know, on the band. Yeah. Listen, I think uh, I wouldn't count the kids out. I think there's, you know, um, there are a lot of kids out there that are interested in this stuff. But we, yeah, we have to try to cre- uh, create opportunities pass on the knowledge and stuff like that i mean look i'm a 50 year old dude just getting into this uh getting into this now i've got my my kids are in their early 20s um and what i like to do is get into it and then introduce them to it and you know once you start this in your family then eventually some of that trickles down but i think i think there is hope for the youth you know just just based on the fact that they don't like a lot of the stuff going on either and and one of the things about the phones that I, I think the phones are a very universal thing to have in your pocket. It's entertainment. It's communication. You can have access to knowledge. I know people who work strictly off of their phones. Even people on YouTube who do everything through their phone. Um, there's just so many you know good things about it. But yeah, you know you. We're starting to realize that there's a flip side to that, and people can control us. Uh, for example, when you're traveling, you get those emergency alerts, you know, or even if you're home, you get those emergency alerts, like someone's gotten kidnapped. I know that's supposed to be a good thing, but there's lots of other things that the control that the government has over the phone. Um, recently, when I was in Nevada, I noticed that they were tracking where I was going in Nevada, and I never said you guys could track where I'm going. But just because I was in Vegas, I was getting Vegas alerts, you know, and they and they and then it was I was like, oh, okay, what what's happening here? And then I went to Reno, and there were Reno alerts that were coming up, and there was COVID stuff and all that that they were pushing through to me, and I was like, what the hell's going on, right? <laughs> but ultimately, they have a lot of control over these phones, so believe you me, there's a way that they could switch that phone off, they could do whatever it is that they want to do, 
And if you want to be in a position where people can't take it away from you, you're going to have to do some work, you know, and this, this is where we're at on this stuff. So, um, here's something I'd like to go into here. Where's the bridge? I know there's a bridge between these phones and, and ham radios, amateur radio and stuff like that. What can you guys tell us about that? I've seen some things out there, you know, and then kind of like, uh, what I mean is, so for example, I've seen that there's ways you could use your phone and get on the internet and get a little bit further or do extra things. You guys familiar with any of that stuff? Yeah, there's a service called um, Echo Link, and there's another one called All Star that will let you put apps on your phone where you can connect to uh, ham radio repeaters that are connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, there's some other digital modes out there like D Star and and, uh, and System Fusion DMR these kinds of things mm -hmm. that'll let you communicate from from apps it's a good it's a fun tool to play with and to use mm -hmm. um a lot of the times i'll do a video on that on my youtube channel and people say well yeah but if the internet goes down you won't be able to use that well that's true but the internet's not down right now so i'm using it so mm -hmm. um it's kind of like it's it's one of those like like i said earlier i was like you know the the whole mcom thing is one feature of amateur radio but it's not the only feature there's a lot of different aspects to it so yes you can absolutely do that you could you do have to 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 download and install well you download and install these apps in order to sign into them you have to provide a valid amateur radio call sign a lot of times like the echo link app they they verify your call sign so if some joe schmo out there that doesn't have a valid ham radio call sign they can download the app but they try to create an account and it says you don't have a real call sign so okay what can you do with that echo link what does that allow you to do it basically lets you, you know, some ham radio repeaters have internet connections. Mm -hmm. So it'll let you connect to a repeater over the internet rather than having to use a radio. So like, okay. uh, Hank, Hank, what city are you in? I forget. Just outside of Gainesville, Florida. Georgia? Gainesville, Florida. Florida okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gainesville, Florida. Okay. So uh, we have a Gainesville in Texas also. Mm -hmm. um, so, so in Gainesville, Florida, if there's an, if there's a repeat, a ham radio repeater, that has an internet connection with an echo link no, a number assigned to it. I could on my phone dial up that repeater number and connect to it and say KC5HWB. And then once you get your call sign, I can talk to you when you're keyed up to your radio mm. in Gainesville and talking into the internet via radio link. And I can talk to you through my phone via internet link. So there's, there's ways to do that. And you can talk all over the world. I, like I could key up a repeater in New Zealand or in Spain or something like that. Um, okay. Because okay, the internet, cool. the internet's, the internet's everywhere. So, or pretty mm -hmm. much. But um, so yeah, you can do, it. and it, it's kind of like it's kind of like an, an add-on on top of ham radio. It doesn't take the place of true radio traffic and true radio communication, but it's kind of a, a fun toy to play with when you when you want to connect to people in other areas that you can't get um, uh, via radio sometimes. So okay. So it's 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 kind of a neat thing. Yeah, cool. What have you guys seen, uh, Steve and Jason? What have you guys seen uh, in terms of links with uh, ham radio and the phones and stuff like that, or even two-way radios? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the repeaters, one of our main repeaters here in Huntsville, we call it the nine-four machine because it's one four six decimal nine four zero, is actually linked to the. Uh, I just lost. It's it's an all-star link, like uh, ham radio mentioned, but. It actually is connected through the internet to several repeaters on the East Coast, East Coast reflector. There we go. So 
any repeater that is connected to the East Coast reflector is also connected to our repeater. So, you know, if let's say your repeater there in Gainesville is connected, and then Jason in Texas is con his repeater is connected, we can all talk to each other through the phone because some of these repeaters also have Echo Link on it, All Star, and all these other modes, and we can all talk to each other via the phone, tablet, radio, all at the same time. Okay. Even oh, some of these, you know, like I, I grab I grab a DMR radio, but in Florida, Florida is one of the most popular DMR digital modes used in Florida for emergencies because they pretty much put a a DMR repeater all the way from Key West all the way to the top of uh, Florida mm -hmm. so that can link the whole state. Does it work? It must because when you guys get storms down there, that's the only way that I really listen to anything besides HF with the um, National Hurricane Center. But they use the the internet connected amateur radio side to get traffic passed until okay. they lose internet, of course. Okay. Yeah. You know. Um, by the way, I see Boss Hog says that he talked to a guy in Ireland because his local repeater has All Star. Um, you know, and one of the things I was talking about, and, and I don't know exactly what the name of it was, but there was something where if you had like a Bofang, let's just say for an example, you can actually connect that to your phone and you could, you could send texts over it. You know, there was all this kind of, uh, stuff that guys were looking in to doing. I just don't remember what that stuff is called. Um, I thought you're maybe probably talking, you're probably ahead. talking about APRS. Mm -hmm. Right. APRS, yeah, it's, which is the automatic, automatic mm -hmm. position, automatic packet reporting system. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, AP, yeah. There's a yeah. there's a way to go, to to download a on a on a Google phone. You can download a um an app called APRS Droid. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of Apple. There's a couple of Apple versions you can get as well. Um, that'll connect to your radio mm -hmm. unless you send APRS traffic to and from other ham radio operators. So yeah, there's a way to do that as well. Yeah, I you think hotspots as well. This is what I think you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so, like, what I and some maybe someone out there can fill me in on what that is. But I remember Babyface and I were talking about um, like being able to use it tactically, and I've, I'm doing air quotes with that for everyone uh, <laughs> who's out there. I'm not. I'm not anywhere near to being a tactical kind of guy. But they're like, yeah, you can use this and communicate with your group. So if you guys, let's say everything goes crazy and the phones aren't working, there was a way to use the radios to keep your phones going. But you can also talk, to, you can communicate with your friends. You can, you guys can know where each other were. You could send like maps and things like that and, you know, do a lot of that stuff. That's are you guys, are you guys familiar with that? That's APRS. Okay. Location yeah. sharing, location sharing, maps, whatnot. That's APRS. Okay. Yeah. So break that down yeah. for me, because uh, you know, it's not. You guys will probably know more about this than I do. It's it's APRS is basically a way to share your position mm -hmm. with 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 who you want to share it. It's a it's a it's like a it's sort of like a GPS system, but it doesn't use um, satellites. It uses um, radio. Um, and it can, and it has radio to, it has radio connect or internet connected radio nodes. Um, so it'll, it'll report to a website, but, um, but it's basically a way to share your position and send text messages and send, uh, weather reports and whatnot 
from where your location is and you can look at other locations and do like that. So there are a lot of different things it'll do. I've, I've only kind of touched on the surface of what mm -hmm. APRS does, but it's a very popular tool in amateur radio today. So there's a lot of people that are out there using it. Okay. All right. So Jason and Steve, what do you guys know about that? I was I was going to see if I could share my screen here. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm not sure if there is a way for you to do it. Is there a link or something like if you guys have my number and there's a link or actually there's a there should be an interview chat that you could put a link in the interview chat. And I, can I have go. a share screen. I have a share yeah, screen. I, button. I have a share screen button. Is it let me yeah. see. Is it work? It should work for you then. Go ahead and do that. Can you guys see the APRS? Uh, There's a no. map with a whole bunch of icons on it. No, we're not seeing anything coming up yet. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I see it, I'll tell you if it's coming up on our end. Yeah, it's. I I can't. It won't let me share anything. It's grayed out still. Like like you got to give me permission or something. Oh, uh, let me see. I don't see anything. Yeah, it's not asking me to give you permission here. You should well, be able. While you guys are figuring it out, Tina M has a really, really good question. Tina M. Okay, Tina M says, Jason in Texas, you said about practicing with a firearm so you know what to do in an emergency. So if I were to get into ham radio, go buy a radio, how do I practice and where can I learn how to use them? Which is an awesome question. That is a great question. Um, I would Google or use DuckDuckGo if you want to. That's fine too. I would search for your whatever city you live in or county if you live out in sticks somewhere which I which is wish I where I live uh, I where I wish I lived if whatever city or county or area you live in just google that name of that city ham radio club so like I live in a town called Grapevine so Grapevine ham radio club go find a ham radio club near you and um, join that club and maybe there's more than one and you know kind of test them out you know go to each one and um, find out what repeaters they have and take your new radio that you buy on Amazon and get on, or no, I'm sorry, go to Gigabit Parts and buy your radio. Right, exactly. <laughs> Jason was like, oh go, boy, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and get, and get, and use their repeaters and get on the air and just start talking to people. Just start talking about anything, you know, Hey, the traffic out here sucks today. There's a wreck on this highway. Mm -hmm. What'd you guys see about the Christmas, uh, parade that went downtown last night or something like that so just get on the air and uh start talking on your repeaters and just use your radio i mean that's that's all the practice you need use your radio you're going to find out while you're using your radio while you're programming your radio for different simplex frequencies and repeater frequencies that is the practice that i'm talking about so just mm -hmm. using your radio on a on a daily basis yeah absolutely um good answer there what uh steve and jason you know, I was gonna. I, I know who this Tina M is. Oh, okay. It's my stepmother, but um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you okay. know, I'll, I'll use her. You know, because of course I know where I grew up. Mm -hmm. The advantage that my parents have in Pennsylvania is the main repeater that's used in. It actually covers two, three counties in one one thing. So in her case, it, it's kind of weird because. There's a lot of repeaters up in Pennsylvania in the in the Pocono Mountain region that they don't get used. And I, I don't know why there's a lot of clubs in Pennsylvania, but it's it's a cliquish kind of club. 
Now, the advantage that, you know, my parents have where they live is the repeater system that is on top of the mountain, Blue Mountain Ski Area, where's where it's located, that range of that repeater is close to 90 miles. So it reaches to Philadelphia and sometimes with conditions like we talked earlier, Scranton, Pennsylvania, as I always joke, you know, certain mm-hmm. people from Scranton, Pennsylvania. But a lot of a lot of places don't use amateur radio like they should. And, you know, Jason's area in Texas, they use it a lot. Jason can, you know, or ham, I'll use ham radio because Jason's sitting here too. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we have 42 repeaters here in Huntsville. And our most popular frequency is not even a repeater. It's the national two-meter simplex call of 146 decimal five two. Mm-hmm. I was about to talk about that actually. And and mm-hmm. it was amazing back in August when you know we had close to I want to say ten thousand hams were in Huntsville, even though they yeah. say the numbers were seventy five hundred, but we know there was more. Mm-hmm. But the repeaters were not even being used for three days, close to a week, because some of you guys got here earlier and stayed later. But so many people talked on VHF two meter simplex. In a 50-mile coverage, and it was the most that I ever heard since living here for three years. But growing up in Pennsylvania, ham radio, though it's there, is not used. Virginia Beach, oh, they use it. New Jersey, they use it because when hurricanes, you know, or the shit hits the fan, amateur radio was there. Mm-hmm. So for so my question to that would be so for people in, who are interested in this and do want to actually get out there and use it to get that practice that Tino is talking about, um, you know, can we just can you just create like your own groups and stuff like that or what you know how what, easy what is some, it to do that? Yeah, what what some clubs do like the Huntsville Club here every Monday night they do a just a rag chew net where they just get on the air and talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's clubs that do it every night, 8 p.m., 7 p.m., 7.30. And they just get on the air for as, however long or how many check-ins they get. HF, there, I could probably turn my radio on right now. Jason in Texas could turn his on. And there is probably 20 to 30 nets going on around the United States. Some are state nets. Some of them are just people just talking mm-hmm. yeah now one thing i want to talk about is let's talk about 14652 that is pretty much the ambiguous channel that everybody talks to it is the national channel what is that so, like just yeah. a hangout spot like a, yeah what is that it's it's almost like i will call it not to pick on the gmrs frs guys it's like mm-hmm. the gmrs channel one mm-hmm. okay yeah, I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> Ham radio gets it, but okay. It's the, it's, the, it's the main meeting place for. Okay, where everyone goes. It's like the universal. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. Go CB channel nineteen. Then there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one four six five two. You're pretty much guaranteed, no matter what radio you have, no matter where you're at, somebody's going to be on that. So if you're new to amateur radio, you would just simply, I would just simply get on that channel and just start communicating. You're bound to get somebody to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them that you're new to amateur radio, they're going to be the most forgiving people. They're going to absolutely help you along the way. Okay. So it's really easy. Get an inexpensive radio, get on channel 14652, and you're well on your way. 
so what's the this brings up a good point here and by the way we are at some point here going to get into we're going to show show off some guns and stuff that's happening i've got guns right here with me i've even look i've even got some lowers and stuff like that i've got like an interesting lower here but uh what's the etiquette that here's my question that just popped into my head here um what's the etiquette especially for folks starting up here what should we know like where can we go wrong what's etiquette for noobs I don't really think you can go wrong. I'll mm -hmm. be honest with you. If there's no cursing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I go with the international standard language used is English. Yes, you will hear on HF Italians talking in Italian, but when it comes to the standard language is English. So. Okay, good. I got that covered. I mean, you know, I'm pretty good with English. When you were living in Nigeria, mm -hmm. you will have, you know, there are Nigerian amateur operators. Yeah. And yeah. yes. Most we, most we West Africans they, speak English. It's their second language, but they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's going to be that language barrier just like mm -hmm. any other country. So, you know. And I don't want to make, you know, fun of, but, you know, it's always like seven, three, good luck. You know, you know they do as best as they can. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yes, there are people that do curse on the radio. And what happens if you curse on there? Do the, does, some, does the feds show up? Like, what's this? Did you, did you get kicked called, off? There's a, official observers, which are, I, I want to say are our tattletales. Um <laughs> The chances that happen are yeah. very slim. But I will tell you, first yeah. thing you're going to snitches do, get stitches. <laughs> right, right, right. The first thing you're going to do when you communicate is you're going to communicate your call sign. So if I was to get on the radio right now, I would say KN4RWZ, uh, monitoring and listening. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to speak your call sign. You're going to do that every 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That is probably the first most part of etiquette on the radio is to make sure everybody knows who you are. It is required. Okay. All right. I'm assuming that uh, there's like these conversations are getting recorded somewhere or whatever. There, there are penalties. You can't just do whatever you want to do. Like all kidding aside. Some repeaters are recorded. Not many. Not but many. you do. Yeah, there's not many. You do have people that, you know, they volunteer as, you know, the ears and they do issue no you can't do that but they also at the same time will issue you a good you know a data boy letter for hey you you did identify every 10 minutes or hey you you know that's so few and far between them yes yeah okay all right so let's go to let's go to ham radio 2.0 jason what uh what's you what do you think your like rules of the road or etiquette for noobs you know i I, I, I'm a big proponent in, of learning by doing, and that's, how, that's the best way I've learned something myself. Um, so get on the radio and listen to how people are talking and what they're saying and what they're talking about. Uh, the cursing thing is, is, is real. Um, if, you, if you get on the local repeater somewhere and you start using a bunch of foul language, most of the time somebody will get on there and call you out for it. Um, other than that, it's kind of like just talk about whatever you want to. Just don't be rude to people. Okay. That's, that's the biggest thing. Don't be rude to people. Don't get on and start calling people names. Don't don't be don't be a jack wagon about that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, you know, if you're if you're getting on there and just kind of talking to somebody like they're your neighbor, um, you're you're going to be okay. It's it's very it's very laid back and chilled uh, until mm-hmm. you start becoming uh, start getting rude or just getting belligerent or something. Oh, okay, is it the uh, same so same just, kind of same kind of rules for talking to your neighbor? Like, I guess you can talk about religion, politics, sex, and all that kind of stuff. Or <laughs> you know, uh, some some it. A lot of the times that depends on the repeater owner. Uh, they will some repeater owners will say, "Hey, you guys are welcome to use my repeater. Just don't talk about politics or religion, especially politics these days." Mm-hmm. And that's and that, and that's kind of like a sort of there's there's no really rule about that. But a lot of people are like, "Okay, let's not talk about this on re- this repeater because it's it's a friendly place that you know we want to keep friendly." Um, so. But there's other there's other repeaters out there that are saying, yeah, sure, go ahead and talk about whatever you want to, and then, then there's people they get in heated debates about stuff. So, <laughs> right. um, so it kind of mm-hmm. depends. And there's a lot of different repeaters out there, a lot of different talk groups on on the digital world and whatnot. So, um, you can kind of find something that falls into your own personality and kind of stick with those folks and and do it that way. But there's not really, you know, it's not it's not really there's not a lot of rules in amateur radio. It's more of just just be nice to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're nice to people, you know, pretty much everybody's going to leave you alone. So yeah, I'm guessing um, the golden golden rule applies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In in that situation, Skivvy Waver says been a ham for seven years, and last year I purchased a Icom seventy three hundred. One of the problems you? you guys like that mm-hmm. Icom seventy three hundred. One of the problems I see is there's so much atmospheric interference. That makes connecting somewhat difficult, depending on time of year, etc. Um, I don't know if there's any comments on that. What you're I... calling atmospheric interference is probably our, what we call RFI, and it's probably some sort of interference from something near you. So make your wife a solar controller, something yeah, like that. Yeah, make your wife make your wife incredibly happy. Go into your house one day and turn the main power breaker off on your breaker box turn everything turn the entire house off and then turn on your radio and see if that interference is gone uh-huh. and then if it is if it is gone start turning breakers on one at a time and when you see this big spike of interference and noise come across the radio then you're going to know where your interference comes from nine times out of ten that's your problem so then what I'm do you do work- okay go ahead. i'm sorry go ahead finish i'm yeah i'm actually working on a video where i do exactly that i'm gonna turn oh, okay. my entire house off Huh. And uh, okay. start turning on stuff one at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can uh, to, to to combat that. You can use ferrite beads and you can use uh, toroids to to put over um, power lines and whatnot to, to cut down on electrical interference from appliances and whatnot. So it's kind of a it's kind of a long explanation, but uh, there are ways that you can prevent that uh, that type of noise. Okay. All right. I, I'm I'm guessing that uh, the Alabamians also have some input here. Let's. What do you guys? <laughs> well, you know, he was he was mentioning ferrites, and I I've got a huge one go. here that, mm-hmm. you know, I have so many. I have all my stuff has ferrites on it because I am a very a- avid contester. I I contest in the hobby, so mm-hmm. you know. Let's talk about that for a minute. What is contesting? What is contesting? I knew he was gonna mm-hmm. ha- he was gonna have me ask. Right. Con- so there's, there's gun contesting, but I don't think a lot of people know there's actually contests for amateur radio. There. There is a contest every weekend 
in this hobby. And basically what that is, is in most contests, some are 24 hours, some are 48 hours. And all we do is our goal is to get as many contacts from around the world, not just there's statewide competitions, but you get as many contacts with other stations in the time allotted in that comp contest or competition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does that sound like? Uh, well, you just like going, I'm trying to get a handle around that. You just like calling in how, to how, mm -hmm. how crazy is a contest? Mm -hmm. um, or, or what does it sound like? Like, what are we talking about? You're just you're, as fast as you can. You're just going in and calling somewhere in another country and then like, okay. And then you go into another one. Yeah, you make okay. a contact and you yeah, make basically. another contact and make yeah. another one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I've been I've been in contact I've been in contact contact I've been in contexts mm -hmm. that have gone forty eight hours straight where we have done forty six or the straight forty eight hours multiple people and all we're doing is CQ contest November two Charlie whiskey or W two GD or K four GIG and we're just you know KN four mm -hmm. RWZ five nine seven three good luck you know and just call sign after call sign after call sign. Why we're logging it on our computers all at the same time. Okay. Now, not everybody does this, you know. Some people, they, they don't want to do the contesting. They just want to do the MCOM side, or they want to work satellites, or they want to... Mm -hmm. there's, so, there's so much into this hobby, and, you know, I like the contesting part. I like chasing for awards. That's why I write a article every month for a magazine in the hobby on just awards available around the world okay so what are you getting like patches or something or what's yeah what are the awards let me see if i let me, let me, he, he gets plaques and stuff yeah i'm gonna see let yeah. me see if i can without breaking any of them the biggest part about contests is they re, they require you to to do something in amateur radio different so one contest will make you do a certain bander frequency mm -hmm. and then another contest will make you only use five watts of power Mm -hmm. So it forces you to become really good at a lot of different things. Uh, so we, we're constantly honing our craft and skills by doing different mm -hmm. contests. Kind mm -hmm. of like a three-gun competition. You know, you're pulling out four or five different guns, and you have to shoot for this distance with this gun. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's just we're using different hardware and different requirements to achieve a result. And, and some okay. of these contests... And as I was saying, some of these contests where there's categories like ham radio could be doing, you know, single operator, just him, high power. So he's using more than 100 watts. I could be out in my in my gigaparts van doing single operator, low power. So I'm under 100 watts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, like one of the big ones that, you know, ham radio loves to do is parks on the air. There are people that are competing to be the best of the best when it comes to working every national park or state park mm -hmm. in the United States. And even they're trying to branch that to around the world, you know, parks. Okay. Okay. I think, Ham, are you going to say something? Hey, okay, Hank, I've got one for you. Okay. Uh -oh. So uh -oh. you're talking about you're talking about wanting to get your ham radio license, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how fast you're wanting to do that. But whether you have your license or not, hopefully you can get it by, by then. But mark your calendar for the last week of January. Okay. okay. Last week so of last January. Week of January. Okay. It's like uh, the 28th through the 30th, okay? Mm-hmm. 
here's an official invite. I'd like to invite you out to North Texas, bring your van, Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go out to my hunting lease, which is about an hour north of me. And um, we can bring your bring your guns. We can blow up stuff out there. Do whatever we want to. Okay. Um, but we operate a contest that weekend called Winter Field Day. Mm-hmm. And we we bring radios out there. We set up. We usually use battery and solar power. We set up antennas, and then for uh, for about twenty four hours from like one p.m. Saturday to one p.m. Sunday Texas time. Uh, we will work a contest. And some people say it's not a contest, but it's winter field day, so it actually is a contest. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we And we've done that for the last four or five years. Uh, we bring new people out, uh, just invite them out there. We're, we're out in the woods. There's no power out there. It's all generator, solar power. Um, I have my, my RV trailer out there. We have a fire pit. We drink beer at night. We have a fun time. We go blow up stuff. We smoke cigars. It's just a really good, fun time to hang out with other people in the woods and, and operate ham radio. So it's a, it, you can get your fill of, well, maybe not your fill, but you can get your toes wet and get a really good experience in a contest, uh, by doing that. So, um, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I definitely, I, I want to do something like that. Um, I need to see what kind of temperatures you get to in that area. <laughs> you know, it's usually, not, it's usually not too bad. It, it okay. could be down in January, be down in the 20s and 30s, but mm. yeah, but this is Texas. This is Texas. So it's, okay. it, it, you know, for the last two or three years, it's like, it's usually been in like the, the, the 60s during the day and like maybe the 40s at night. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes like the mid to high thirties, not below freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually like that. Um, okay. Again, we've got our, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got generators, we've got battery power, we've got plenty of heaters and whatnot, mm-hmm. so we can go indoors at nighttime. Uh, yeah. But it's a fun time. It's a fun time. And if you guys get your ham radio operator license between now and then, yeah, you can come out and, and operate with us on our club call sign that we okay. use out there. And I'll, I'll sit you down in front of the radio and say, here, watch me for five or ten minutes. Here's what you do, and I'll let you I'll let, I'll let you do it, and you can go for it and see how fun it is. Okay, cool. So, yeah, Boss Hog says he hasn't been to. A, yeah, Boss Hog says he hasn't been to a field day in years. Um, and let's see here, Skivvy Radio uh, Skivvy Waver says radio is not in the house. I'm talking about sunspots, etc. And uh, 42 Chill says nighttime is usually better. So there is some there is some kind of uh, atmospheric interference outside of what's oh, in your really? house, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. My uh, my thing that I would like to get into here um, is what do you guys see before we go, we're going to get into gun stuff and just go free for all here in a second. But uh, I'm trying to make this as comprehensive for the folks out there who are into this or getting into it like myself. Where do you guys see the future of all this going? What's uh, what's coming up that, you know, on the horizons or what are things that you're wishing, uh, you know, would exist? Hmm. I think you're. I think you're going to see my personal. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. My personal guess and opinion is that you're going to see more and more and more of this as things start. You know, ham radio has been the number of people getting licensed every year has been on the rise since 2006. Okay. Uh, I've had a lot of people come by my channel and say, "Oh, well, ham radio is popular again only because of COVID two years ago." No, incorrect. If you look at if you go look at the statistics, ham radio has been on the rise since 2006. Now we got a huge spike in it because of COVID last year, yes, but it was already on an upper trend upper trend for the last 14 years prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see. My personal opinion is I think you're going to see it continue to rise. More people get involved, more people get interested, and it's going to become a 
a little bit more mainstream like it was back in the 50s and 60s my, myself. I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that type of interest grow. In it. But mm -hmm. even if that doesn't happen, there will be people out there like myself and, and the guys from Gigaparts and a lot of other a lot of other great YouTube channels out there that are ambassadors for ham radio and wanting to tell people about the hobby to get into it. So yeah, um, that's, that's where my focus is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think with people buying stuff, um, even though some people might put those things away, more people buying it and getting into it, things are going to stick and then hopefully technology and things like that come along, keep it interesting and, and keep growing it out. So, uh, so to my friends in Alabama, what do you guys think, or what are you looking forward to seeing here in the future? I think we're going to see a lot more uh, companies making radios. I think we're going to have a lot more uh, opportunity to buy different radios from different places. Uh, Baofeng is just the start. I think you're going to see a lot more Chinese radios coming on, on board. You're going to see a lot of European companies start to make radios, too. I think you're going to see a lot of radios from the United States come on board as well. Mm -hmm. So we're to, like, this is the golden age of gun buying. This is like the golden age of radio. I mean, we have, we're, we're flush for choices, and that's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. I, I and I foresee it's already out there, and I'm hoping Ham Radio has his close if he if he still has one. There's a radio on the market that we offer called the oh it, it's in my mind R Finder. <laughs> oh, it's inside. It's mm -hmm. inside. Okay, but it is a Android phone with a. It's basically a about this size, but granted this is just a unit in trunking scanner. But it is a Android phone that is a radio, radio all in one package. Can I, if I search, if I Googled R Finder, I would. Uh, it's going to come up. Yes. The okay. letter R and then Finder, no spaces. Oh, no spaces. Okay. No, just R F I N D E R. Okay, so here, let me share my screen with you guys. <laughs> You're probably going to see some of my. Uh, so you're probably going to see my ugly face in some of front of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've got some. <laughs> you've got some videos on on. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if you if you look up videos. Uh, oh, oh look, God, at look at that right there. Who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there and, are and some. You, know, mm -hmm. you even have the tablet. You know, there's even a tablet like what you're showing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Let me go bigger on this so we can see it. There you go. Who is there that is. guy? Uh, I don't know, some kind of, that guy is not grizzly but, enough. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, yeah, that's, that guy shaves for a living. What, what the hell? Yeah. So what is that? What? <laughs> so what does that uh, cost? What are those? What's the price of those? And what's the benefit of that? It's the marriage of of Android smartphone to to traditional two way radio. Okay. So it's a it's it's a it's an Android smartphone with a two-way radio built into it. So it's a completely you can use it as a smartphone standalone smartphone, or you can use it as standalone radio. Oh, cool! Or you can use the two together. So it's it's oh, okay. like the it's like the next generation of radio. Um, so they start about a thousand dollars and go up from there. Okay. Um, the tap the tablets are more than that. Um, and some people complain about the price, and my response is always, "Okay, go to the AT and T store tomorrow." Tell them you want a brand new Samsung Galaxy S20 with no contract and see what they charge you. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or go to the Apple store tomorrow oh, for and sure. tell them you want a brand new iPhone with mm -hmm. no contract and see what they charge you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the same. So it's, it's, it's actually less than all that. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a true traditional two-way radio built into the back of, a, um, of, a, of an Android phone. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so it offers both worlds, complete access to both worlds in that regard. Yeah. Sky's the limit, I think, with where anything could go. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Starlink. I know Starlink is coming along. We might even get it in Florida, Lola says, sometime in December. (laughs) (laughs) Because Florida hasn't gotten it. Huh? I think Starlink's going to change the world. And and how and how do you see it? Uh, l- let's start with uh, Jason in Alabama. How how do you see it from like a, a amateur radio point of view changing the world? I don't think I can see it from an amateur radio point of view, but I will tell you, with remote working, imagine having full speed gigabit internet anywhere in the world. So I can go get in that uh, in that uh, Sprinter van home of mine and travel anywhere in the world I want to go, and be able to work remotely. My, my, I can change my scenery anytime I want, but I will still have that same consistent high-speed internet access. That's game-changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Steve had anything to add to that. For you, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he hit the nail. He hit the nail on the head on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have a few people in the state that are testing it in that purpose of the overland or using it at home. Mm-hmm. And the only response that I've heard besides a coworker of ours have, you know, having it down in the Birmingham area is some days it's fast. Some days it's a little laggy, but it's only going to get better. It's, you know, yeah. it's still in that to me, it's still in that test phase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there's lots of, I think, man, there's, you know, there's so many different ways, all of this, like, it, it's kind of cool. This is the, the first time in a long time that I'm thinking we're going to start seeing some cool things coming along technology wise. You know, I think um, Elon Musk is already talking about doing a Starlink phone. You know, this, I really think there's lots of combinations and lots of different ways we could do with this and come up with some really cool, useful tools. Like, you know, how you guys are talking about that, uh, R finder, you know, all those kinds of things uh, getting combined. Um, What, what do you, what do you think about this uh, ham radio 2.0? You, you I'm think, uh, I, I'm loving Starlink. I th- I think that um, I signed up for it a while back. I don't have my system yet. I I was kind of waiting for the mobile application to come out because they were locking it down to a grid there for a while. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that or not. I haven't followed up with it in a while. But um, yeah. but I want to do I want to mm. do what Jason's talking about with with the mobile application and just put it in the truck and always have it with me. And as a as as someone who makes a living creating videos on on mm-hmm. the internet and on youtube wow yeah yeah I, I would go to all the overlanding shows and all the ham radio shows and go out camping mm-hmm. all the time and just just do live streams all the time that's what i would do with it so I, yeah i think it's going to be game game changing in that regard yeah also you know i agree with that i mean as a guy with a van <laughs> the mm-hmm. biggest expense that we spend more money in this van on mobile um <laughs> at, like bandwidth than the van <laughs> Yeah, because I've yeah, got AT and T, Verizon. Right now, we're over T-Mobile. Right, is that what we're using right now, Lola? Yeah, we're using T. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. So yeah, when um, I think they are, they they do have a mobile version coming. I know they already put in patents and all. You know, obviously there's a whole yeah. thing that you have to go through. Um, but right now, I know people can move around and go to certain spots, and I've heard that even let's say someone got it in. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in Texas, but let's say you got it in Texas and you go to Florida, you might still be able to link up. It's kind of iffy, but by the probably by the end of next year or something, we're going to be looking at a lot of that stuff, 
going away. Um, yeah, it's going to be something yeah. completely yeah. different because mm -hmm. this is one of the places where the telecoms have a chokehold on us. Mm -hmm. Not for yeah. long. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, Skippy Waver says, because Lolo was asking if all of these things we're talking about can be bought at gigaparts.com. Um, I'm, I'll let you guys yeah, answer that. Link, yeah. Yeah. As I say, except for Starlink and, uh, <laughs> Starlink. not yet, not yet. <laughs> so, Hank, I got a question for you. Uh huh. So Jason from Texas put mm -hmm. out a video a couple of weeks ago about selling his trailer and what people would recommend he replace it with. Mm -hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that? Maybe <laughs> a good, uh, good trailer for him to, uh, move into next he wants to get a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter a little bit smaller and light like a good trailer yeah. um yeah like like an like like an overlanding type trailer but something larger than just a one person sleeper oh i think we saw something really cool at um in in sema show what was the name of that trailer we saw in sema show lola um, I gotta go flip back right now and see if I could find some pictures of it really quick. We saw an experimental trailer, and I'm trying to remember the name of the company that was uh, making that. There's a bunch of different one, huh? Lancer. Yeah, there's one from Lancer. We saw this yeah. that I'm gonna share on the screen real quick. This is a trailer that you can get that comes wow. small, so it comes like that, and then you could it it extends like that. So we wow. saw that, and I have a video up. That's Hitch Hotel. That if you that's super small though. I don't know if you want. I don't know if you want to yeah. go that small. Um, yeah, but, that's a little bit smaller than what I want. I just want something like an like a, a something that'll sleep two or three people, but is ultralight. Yeah, there was one of those that I saw. I'm flipping through my pictures, and Lola says it's from Lancer, um, and it's an experimental. Um, there, it's like a prototype that we saw at the show. Uh, I'm trying to. I thought I took pictures of that, Lola, or did I take that with a different? Um, did I take pictures of that with a different phone? I don't know if Lola took any pictures. She's not even answering me right now. I'm trying to... Um... She, she's messaging it. She says, Lancer, Hitch Hotel, Runaway Campers. No, no, Lancer. Yeah, Lancer. Uh, man, where's the picture? I have video. I need to put it up. But Lancers, I don't know if you ever heard of Lancer Campers. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, they've been doing this for a while, and they have a really, really, really cool... Uh, camper that for some crazy reason I don't have any pictures of it on my phone. Oh no, I do. Hold on. Here we go. I knew I had. I knew I had pictures. You're gonna like this. This was at the Overland Experience at uh, SEMA show. Look at this. That's so this cool. this can sleep a lot. This can sleep inside. You can have two people. You can have a couple of people up top on the and the pop uh, pop top um, tent if you want. This hooks up to. You could put this on like an SUV. You know. Uh, pull it with an SUV and lots of different vehicles. It's got a bathroom in there, plenty of storage, all kinds of stuff. And it's, what is it called? Uh, the Lance Enduro. So that's something I thought was that was really cool. That's within the category of being lightweight and it's got solar panels and batteries and all that kind of stuff on it that I think, you know, you would appreciate. I, I, need, to, I need to edit that video and uh, get that, that video up out there uh skibby I mean, wit go ahead what are you gonna say i've been following i've been following your stranger palooza ever since we met in uh virginia mm -hmm. so oh awesome thank you yes your, your video, most most of your videos i've seen since then so okay very cool i appreciate 
I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Skivvy Waver says, by the way, I purchased my icon and accessories from Gigaparts. Boom. There you go. It's good. You know, uh, that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, Lola says it's the Lance Enduro. There's probably more stuff on it if you guys are, if, you, if you're, if you you know, interested in that. And I will be putting that thing out. We're, uh, we're almost at 9 o'clock, so really quick. I don't know if you guys have guns. I'm going to do some gun stuff here. Otherwise, I'm going to hear about it from people, you know. Um, <laughs> So I, yeah. I ordered I uh, hey, I ordered a PSA dagger. Oh, nice! A week a week and a half ago, and I talked yes. to Josiah on the phone just like a couple days ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I've known him for a year and a half or so. He sent me a PA fifteen to do a, a gun review on on one of my other YouTube channels. Oh, sweet! Um, yeah, so, we need to get you on the next so, time we have Josiah on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a good he's a good dude. So, but I ordered my PSA dagger. They had it in the two tone black and green. I wanted oh. the Desert Tan, but they, they didn't have it at the time. I'm like, okay. Uh, but I haven't got it yet, so I'm looking really forward to getting that and uh, and tinkering with that because that looks like a really cool pistol. Yes, and so check this out. This is what I've got right here to show off to people. The Kel-Tec SU-16 right here. So, you know, foldable like that. Wow. Takes, takes a, uh, you could put a P-Mag in there. Takes an AR oh, magazine. Oh, oh. Full, full, you know, full scale rifle. It's. I think it's. I think it's cool. My the only drawback of this, I would say, like what I found is so this pick rail here. This is this is polymer, and if you put anything on here that you clamp on really tight, it actually affects the piston in it. So don't do that. You gotta go. You need to go with the iron sights. <laughs> you gotta get your. Would you rather have that or would you rather have the sub two thousand? Um, I, I have both of those. I have both of those. Um, I think it depends on the situation that you're in. Um, you know, cause the sub 2000 is like nine millimeter and stuff like that. Yep. So it's just a case of, do you want nine millimeter to throw at, um, at a potential, uh, target down range or do you want uh, 223 that you can do with this? You know, uh, so, and this is what's pretty, the, what's this the, is pretty. What's the model number again on that? This is the SU-16. There's a bunch of different ones for this, but this is the SU-16. And you could actually shoot this folded like this, believe it or not, if you have one of those little tiny magazines. Nice. You know, you can actually, no, you don't, you can actually do a full-size magazine because the oh, magazine can come all the way, yeah, it can come all the way through there. So this is a very cool piece of kit. Obviously, you know, it's not for everything, you know. There's going to be a lot of situations where people would prefer um, just a regular AR. So that's what I've got going on here. I don't know if the Gigaparts guys have anything they want to show real quick. Before do, do, no, they don't. If you don't, it's, it's cool. Yeah, we we won't judge you. We won't judge you. You know. You made fun of yeah. me. I told you I had a, a, a shadow too. You, you well, you know, I mean, CZ people, you know. Yeah. What's up, yeah, what's up with CZ people? Yeah, you know, skinny jeans. So, you know, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we can just start, <laughs> we can just start uh, with the know. skinny jeansness of it. <laughs> I was, if I had skinny jeans, I would look like a frog standing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, in America, not everyone's wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's. I was just messing with you. CZ's good stuff. I have a CZ Scorpion. Uh -huh. So, I've got yeah. One of those as well. Yeah, you know, very good gun. Here's something I could show off to people. This is the Brownells BRN 180 lower. I'm going to build this into something right here. You know, see, it's got the, the pick rail on the back of it right there. So uh, I need to build this up into something. I haven't done that yet. I'm going to be working on that. Um, Are you going to SBR that? 
Uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to build with it. I've I've just been knocking that around. I like to I try to build different stuff, you know, not build like the traditional thing every time I I build something. So, uh Skibby Waver says, "Hey, all my guns with a couple exceptions are CZ. Skibby Waver must be related to you. He's buying stuff from Gigaparts and and he's a CZ. <laughs> no, he's been he's been on the show for a long time. He's been uh joining us out there. Uh Appalachian Gunrunner says Gorn, so I've satisfied everyone's requirements for Gorn. We have shown some stuff. Um but it's over it's over nine o'clock, so I don't want to hold these guys too much longer. Uh what I'm gonna do is gonna go around the clock here. I'm gonna start with the guys from gigaparts.com. Tell the folks out there who are watching this if they want to get in touch with you guys, find out more about gigaparts, where do they need to go? Just go to gigaparts.com. We're on Facebook, we're on all the different social media. We're easy to find, just gigaparts.com. Okay, absolutely, thank you. And ham radio two Jason, where do people need to go? How can they uh, follow you, communicate with you, support you? My uh, Well, my biggest platform is YouTube, just mm-hmm. Radio 2.0, 2.0 on YouTube. Uh, I, do, uh, I do post my videos on alternative video uh, sites as well, full30.com. Mm-hmm. I post pretty much all my stuff on full30.com, uh, some of my stuff on Rumble and, and whatnot. Um, but... Um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just Ham Radio Two D O T Zero. So the, the word dot spelled out Ham Radio Two D O T Zero is is my handle there. But uh, YouTube's definitely where I plant most of my stuff is uh, just YouTube videos like that. So I don't, Ham Radio is not controversial, so YouTube works well for me. But I do really enjoy the other platforms, and uh, I do enjoy Full Thirty, and I'm hoping to get started on Utreon as well. So I appreciate do- you telling me about this new new platform. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome. So do you do your gun stuff separately or you put that up on? Yes, it's it's on YouTube. Um, it's called The Ox Goad okay. is my channel on YouTube. I haven't done anything with it. When uh, when COVID started and the lockdown started, you know, the, the YouTube, the Ham Radio YouTube channel really exploded. That mm-hmm. was my biggest channel at the time. It still is. And I just kind of put all my focus and energy into that channel because it was growing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, but I'm refocusing on i'm going to start doing a little bit more stuff on the gun channel uh starting this month actually so and uh josiah from psa has been really incredibly helpful and supportive of that effort so absolutely um, you'll see some stuff on that as well yeah we need to do some things if you guys are ever here in florida yeah. let me know we'll get together we'll, we'll, do some we'll stuff. actually all be there in florida uh in february all right so tell everyone about the show we'll talk yeah. we'll have you guys on again and talk about it but if, what's the show coming up in february the show is called uh, Hamcation. It's one of the two, or one of the three biggest shows for amateur radio in the United States, and it's the first run of the year. So there's going to be about fifteen to twenty thousand people in Orlando. It's going to be a blast, and we will be there. Jason will be there. Me and Steve will be there. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to be there. That's an outdoor event, right? No, it's indoors. Indoors, okay. It's it's okay. it's both. It's both. There's a lot okay. of outdoor stuff that goes on. A lot of uh, it's at the. Um, I forget the name of the campgrounds, but they have a lot of RV spots there, so there's RV people there. Okay, um, so I could, yeah, I could drive, I could drive up to it and uh, camp out there. Yep. Okay, yep. okay, yep. cool, yep. awesome, yeah. Yep. So I'm gonna try my best to be out there hanging out with uh, G- Gigaparts. Is gonna have a, a booth tent or whatever is going on over there. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. All so, 
Yes, a month. Okay. Yeah. So we'll spend some t we'll spend some time here um, talking about that. We'll have you guys come back on before that happens, and uh, I'll try to put that on the schedule and get out to it. Hopefully, I'll get I'll get my uh, my uh, what is it? I'll get my uh, what is it? Uh, license. Yeah. What was license. the license called again? The uh, technician. 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 Yeah. There was something can, I saw. You can someone... even take the test there. Oh, I could take it there. Yeah, okay. Good. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. So we'll we'll get we'll make all of that happen. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to run in the end of the show here, and then we're going to come back, and one of you guys is going to give some words of wisdom. Who's it going to be? To the folks out there before we go out. Oh, it's Not gonna much. it's gonna be you. It's gonna be you, Ham Radio 2.0. You have been oh, duly yeah. you have been duly elected. <laughs> so we're gonna do that. Listen, I want to thank Gigaparts.com, the guys from Gigaparts, Jason and Steve for coming on here, hanging out with us, taking their time, as well as Jason from Ham Radio 2.0 uh, for coming on and hanging out with us. I I know we we didn't get to everything. We're gonna do this more. I'm gonna go do stuff for Ham Radio 2.0. Um, as well as the Gigaparts guys, and you know, this is this is just like the beginning for everything. But thanks to um, all of you guys for coming on here. I really appreciate that. Uh, big shout out to Barnules for sponsoring us. We appreciate that. I'm gonna run in the end now. You guys stay right there. We're gonna come back right after the end, and Ham Radio 2.0 is gonna give us some words of wisdom. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Make sure you subscribe, follow us, hit the thumbs ups. You know, arrow ups, all that kind of stuff. Whether you're listening to us or watching us, we really appreciate it. Uh, Ham Radio 2.0, what's your words of wisdom for the folks out there? My words of wisdom are get started today in whatever type of preparation you want for when stuff is happening that you didn't prepare for. Mm -hmm. So while everything's kind of quiet right now, you know, all the electricity's on, your phone's working. Semi-sort of for, for 2021, yeah. Semi-sort of, semi-sort yeah. of. While things are somewhat calm, mm -hmm. as calm as they're going to be right now with what's-his-name in the White House, as while things Brandon. are kind of calm right now, yeah, uh -huh. Brandon, uh -huh. get prepared today. And that could be firearms, that could be two-way radio communications, that could be whatever, okay? Stock up now so that when stuff really goes bad, you are prepared and you have what you need. Go get your ham radio license today. Check out ham radio 2.0 on YouTube, but uh, check out hamradioprep.com for licensing information out there as well. And uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, through my YouTube channel if you have any questions on that, but go get it today. Awesome. Thank you. Well done. You guys stay here. We're out of here. I got to press a bunch of buttons. Thanks everyone for hanging out and listening with us. I'm not sure who's coming on tomorrow. Lola, do you know? Yes. Who? Oh, tomorrow, Pew Pew Tactical's joining us. So that should be fun. Thanks so much for everyone for hanging out with us. We'll see you tomorrow. We're out of here. Peace.